0: Good morning Good morning Good
1: morning Good morning Good morning morning. You mean to wish me a good morning? What do you mean that it is a good morning whether
2: I want it or not?
0: Please go away, let me speak for the love of God
3: Jesus Christ, I can't believe it, he's back Ben's back they,
4: they let me back in the country. It wasn't it wasn't guaranteed?
3: You have been all around the world. The question is, did you find your baby? <laughs> I don't know why and I don't know.
4: <laughs> but uh, no, I did not I didn't I did not find my baby. It's
3: great to have you back.
4: Thank you very much. It's good to be back. I am uh, I'm done with traveling for at least another year, I think. Although I do, ha- I do. Uh, Qantas did not let me use any of my frequent flyer points, so maybe I do have some more trips in me just to.
3: I thought you were going to say they didn't let you use any of the toilets.
4: No, well, no. Well, there was a global alert. <laughs> yeah. It was that uh, one of those yeah, huma- a humanitarian crisis alert to not let me use any bathrooms?
3: Jesus. <laughs> but, uh, You've just been holding on. Like, I, ha-
4: I held it in until Perth. And then uh, when I got into Perth, let me tell you, that was the fart that was heard around the world.
3: (laughs) Sonic boom. (laughs) Indeed. Well, I'm going to pick your brain about your trip in a little bit, but it is great to have you back at the desk, mate. Uh, First, a warm welcome to everybody who's listening. It's great to have you with us. Thank you for hitting play. It's Good Movie Monday. where the weekly podcast dedicated to nerdy cinematic ramblings. My name's Glenn Cochran. It's always a pleasure, as you just heard, my co-host... Back from a massive six-week stint at the Kellogg Sex Farm, Ben Helwig.
4: I've now, I've charted every number on the Kinsey scale. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I, I don't want to just throw to Melzi after the Kinsey scale. But, and back from the Melbourne Horror Film Society, of course, Melzi Begg. Hey, Melzi. Hello, hello, uh, hello. You've been here a few times recently. You may as well just take over.
5: I know, I know. There's think... nothing left to talk about soon.
3: The Are chair you... <laughs> does feel a little different, I have to say. <laughs> That's because of the uh the mold I The Jarrett.
5: <laughs> That's why I didn't come into the studio yeah. today, so I'm like if I cannot sit in that chair, I yeah, read. Yeah. Yeah.
3: There is there is still a comfortable lap you can sit in though. <laughs> Well, our website is goodmoviemonday.com, And from there you can listen and view everything we produce Including another midweek podcast of a different kind that I host Wednesday Up Late with Chloe Ritchie Uh, And quickly speaking of Chloe She was one of the three incredible people that took over your spot Ben While you were away So huge thanks to Chloe, Jarrett Garn And of course you Melzi Sincere gratitude It's been great having you guys uh, step up and uh, and take Ben's ask spot <laughs> <laughs> I maybe should host the show from over there <laughs> Yeah, just see maybe. what it's like I'll sit in your lap and we host yeah. together <laughs> <laughs> you Do it together. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about whatever pops up <laughs> <laughs> Like a little prairie dog <laughs> <laughs> My tongue pokes out at the time uh, Jesus. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <laughs> This is uh, the second You feel like a guinea pig, Like you just <laughs> squeeze your belly And that's how you find out if it's a boy or a girl I'll, find out, I'll finally <laughs> answer that question This is our second and final week of the Transformers Tufa. Last week we had um, an interview with Lorenzo Di Bonaventura and Stephen Capel Jr. who have put together the latest Transformers movie, Rise of the Beast. And this week we're going to chat to the two lead actors, Anthony Ramos and Dominic Fishback. So definitely stick around for that. Naturally, um, I'm gonna squeeze in some kind of transformers related stuff along the way. But um, also coming up, we've got the fun size segment from the Boneheads, the Kentucky based podcast, and a physical media update from Jarrett in just a moment. But before we do, bring Jarrett into the chat. Let's, uh, let's throw some questions at you, Ben. Uh, what was the first meal you had when you got back? When yeah. I got, I had, uh, I had a uh, crumbed pork chops, pork chops and
4: applesauce. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, that. That. So, it was lovely. My. Oh. Uh, was uh, prepared, ready, was and waiting say, for me like, at home. Was this
3: a meal you oh. were craving, or it was just convenient?
4: It was. It was the meal that I didn't know I wanted until <laughs> I was told <laughs> it was waiting for me at home with like spicy. Um, uh, what are they like, Spanish potatoes?
6: Oof.
4: It was very. It was very filling. I actually, I knew no, that. No. I knew that because um, I'd been communicating from Perth, and I knew so. I knew that I had a meal waiting, so I knocked back the. The Qantas in-flight meal which got a like a shocked look from the uh, <laughs> from the cabin crew because you take they took one look at me and went come on usually someone like you would be asking for two <laughs> and I was like no no I don't want it I don't want it I was uh, by, the t- by the time I came back I look I've flown on a bunch of airlines and you would think like usually what happens is like when you fly Korean Airlines Like there's always like one kind of Western option for dinner and then there's like a Korean option. Mm
2: -hmm. They always do it for
4: whatever country, you know, that the airline calls home. There's always that. So Qantas just has two Western options. They're both shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no pork chop. No pork chop. There was, I mean, admittedly, the one that I, the one that I did knock back was the one that actually looked the best when I saw the the, the girl next to me eating it. I was like, oh, son of regrets.
3: a bitch, food regrets. Oh, I but hate I that. couldn't have.
4: Uh, I couldn't have fit it in.
3: My wife has food regrets every time we
4: go
0: out. Yeah, oh,
3: wait, 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 just get the same as me. It's always an issue. Yeah, I that's like... what I do. I literally just copy
5: whoever I'm with. I'm the worst. <laughs> I just like, like loiter around until someone else makes a decision. And then I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds really good. It's just you
3: setting yourself up. For disappointment otherwise yeah no
4: I like to do the uh, the trick is you do the um, no hang on like I'll order this and you order that and then we'll we'll share but then thing. I just vacuum up my meal <laughs> oh, straight yeah. away and then I'm just have half of theirs as well
3: yeah, by, the time, <laughs> by the time they get to their half you are completely done yeah <laughs> oh, so, sorry. what was the best meal you had over there that's a good question and by over there you were everywhere I mean <laughs> I have to tell you
4: what I didn't have the greatest uh, kind of food experience while I was there. Like there were some things, like I, I liked in Cannes, there was a, a, a restaurant called uh, Steak and Shake.
6: Yeah. It's a
4: burger place. There's no real steak, but it's, it's a burger place. But that was pretty good. And they, the burgers come in like a, <laughs> a kind of a triangle <laughs> a triangle wrapper so that anything that pushes out the back is Funnels. all contained. It's oh. genius. A genius <laughs> idea of, of wrapping paper. Um but the, I think the thing I enjoyed the most, funnily enough, was in the UK, and I think I posted about about, about the Slim Chickens a couple of times, was this fast food restaurant called Slim Chickens. I love the name. Which is, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> and it's, um, it's kind of a, it's like the halfway point between Red Rooster and KFC. Right. And they do wings and they do uh, chicken tenders. And, you know, they're one of the few places in the UK that kind of do the bottomless soda. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't realize that. I was first, the first time I went there. I was incensed because while they do have Dr Pepper on the soda machine, yeah. and I was like, "Fuck like yes!" Fountain drink, you mean? Fountain, yeah, the fountain drink. It's all diet. All the soft drinks mm. were diet.
3: We're turning that way too.
4: But then I found out it's because in the UK they've put a bloody twenty p sugar tax <laughs> on full on the full sugar what?
3: stuff. Yeah. So you go down the uh, the the. The soft drink aisle of a supermarket in in Melbourne, you'd be hard pressed to find the sugar stuff. Like it's hidden down the back. Everything is just sugar free.
4: Like I don't think I don't think they have like full strength sugar lemonade in the UK. Like all of the Seven Up and the Sprite and stuff Mm. is all like low cal, sugar free.
3: Times, mate. It
4: was uh, (laughs) like I mean, if you're gonna drink a fucking soft drink, fucking man, drink the full thing, or don't drink it, or
3: drink mineral water.
4: And is that. That is the I tell you what. The biggest disappointment about the entire trip was and you know the things that you don't think that you'll miss when you're gone the yeah. water in in Europe and the UK is oh. different right it's not that it's i mean it is bad i didn't like it do they
3: have the fluoride in it like we do no they don't right.
4: so it tastes it tastes weird tastes
3: like water it
4: tastes <laughs> it just doesn't I've taste I've never right.
5: even been to Europe and just being a flight attendant around yeah. Australia and close by to Australia it was the same. Like there were there were some places. I think Sydney. Um, there were some, yeah, some capital cities that, or yeah, some cities that we flew to that I was just like, okay, I need to take a shit ton of water off because I cannot drink their tap water. Their tap
4: water is is weird. Like, but even the yeah. like, even the even the bottled water is different. And it, like it's passable oh. if it's really cold, yeah, yeah. but the funny yeah, thing yeah. about yeah. the UK is that th- they're not really used to like. the entire time I was in the UK, it was twenty-five to thirty degrees every day. It was warm summer weather. Mm. I don't, and they're not really used to it, so they don't really ha- spend that much money on cooling because most of the time yeah. the natural weather does it for them. Yeah. So it was hard to get anything that was genuinely cold. Yeah. Uh, oh. But it was horrible. But in Khan, I was Kim and I went to the. The Australian, uh, like Screen Australia, Screen Australia put on a drinks kind of brunch for all the Australians in Cannes. So we we went to that and they had these water coolers. And (laughs) I was like, oh, look, I just need, I can't drink this. They had some real shit beer. And I was like, I can't drink (laughs) this beer. So I'll try this, I'll try the water. And it was, it was like, home water and like i've so i've just i've just like almost knocked kim over like give me a water bottle quick and i, I went into the bathroom I, I emptied her water bottle and i filled it with the australian water i'm like no, no you don't understand like try it you'll see what i'm talking about yeah and so she, she's like oh my god this is australian it's a, it's australian
3: water you, you you made you made england sound like barry mckenzie's england yeah
4: <laughs> So england's a weird place man
3: well, I, I, I'm not done yet. I am going to pick you oh, okay. a little bit about that. But before we do um, move on, the toilet odyssey, like the great toilet odyssey, like highs and lows, mate. Uh, and
4: lows. Well, the low was definitely the pay toilet situation yes. in Belgium. That yes. was really difficult. Uh, <laughs> the UK was was much better. All, they, they have plenty of toilets that don't charge you. And if they do charge you, there were a couple that did charge you, but they had tap. Functions so you could actually pay if you weren't <laughs> loaded down in pounds and um, pence, <laughs> pounds and pence. Uh, so it did, it was, and the the Airbnbs, like there was a certain point, there was li- literally, I think, getting out, once I left Europe and got into the UK, the toilet paper situation improved dramatically.
6: Yep.
4: They had, it was only double ply, I think, but it was a real like... Industrial strength, prison grade, double ply toilet paper that was absolutely magnificent. And I, I always take it. I, if you know, I always take my own role just in case you get that really shitty, you know, air, you know um, airport public toilet grease-proof paper toilet paper, which is really oh, it's baking paper.
3: It's, it's
4: baking paper. It's the worst.
3: It's real
5: bad, yeah. You know, it's like
4: it's it's like it's non-stick, and the one time you really don't want non-stick paper is when you're wiping your ass with it, and. Uh, so, and I, I just, I didn't need it. Okay. I took right. that role with me everywhere. It was just a, <laughs> a useless uh, uh, item of, a thing. but I will tell you this, getting physical media in the UK is incredibly difficult. Yeah. There's no shops anymore. Like the, I think HMV, HMV, they had one in Soho, but it was a FOP store, which is their kind of, uh, what's out? We've got the one here, like a POP Type store where oh, it's just they yes. just do the yeah it's a pop something yeah zing or something like zing that. Something yeah. like, zing the, yeah. it's their version oh, of there zing. today <laughs> <laughs> yeah. of course they've got Your those holidays, guys <laughs> uh and there was foil's bookshop but yeah. that was that was it and i asked i asked a local i was like where can i get yeah. dvds and blu-rays and he's you? like he's like
3: you cannot like <laughs> online that's it wow Mm. interesting uh yeah. can you believe we're still in intro mode here like we're like nearly 15 <laughs> minutes into the show melzy we haven't even got to um, you can yet can i
5: just say just back on the topic of um the toilet paper i was having a conversation the other night with my uh nearly almost five year old and he's going through i mean i've always been a bit of a sucker and he takes full advantage of me and still gets me to wipe his bum but i even though i know that he wipes his own bum elsewhere so the other <laughs> night i said to him i'm as like as long as you can <laughs> Yeah, the other night I said to him, I'm like, look, you really just should do it yourself. And so, and then I realized that, oh, I have like a um a basket of toilet paper and, and I could hear him in there trying to reach it. And I'm like, oh God, you poor thing. Like it's not even on the wall. So he couldn't reach it. So I grabbed some out for him and he goes, so I gave him, I kind of wrapped it around my hand for him and gave him a little, you know, a little pile, like not a very neat pile. He, un- he uncurls it and takes one square. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, uh, no, 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 no. Like, he goes, yeah, that's all of it. And I'm like, no, no, you can't <laughs> only do one square. He goes, Daddy well, only does one square. And I'm like, oh, well, he's wrong. And that is not enough. And I'm horrified. No. Uh, like, I am hard. absolutely horrified. This is how life is starting. Like, I mean, as far is as I'm concerned.
4: And admittedly, it's more of a mess downstairs for me than it would be <laughs> oh for Ruben.
5: But <laughs> you
4: start with three and then you work down to two. <laughs>
5: <laughs> That's uh, Okay, well, I've always been, my family's always had a bit of a thing with how much toilet paper I use, like I how much toilet paper I go through. So yeah, maybe I overdo it. But yeah, there's got to be well, some happy medium in you here. You never
3: know. <laughs> the one sheet rule over there might have been paper towel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like one shit of that is sufficient.
5: <laughs> this is true. This is true. And yes, yeah, I agree with like, that. I agree And it with does that.
4: make it if you don't have a bidet, it makes a difference. If yeah. you've got one of those it's bidets then you, you can't on the planet you can't look
5: well, you he was about to have a bath, so I was like, okay, I'll let it go this time. But in a normal situation. <laughs> but a
3: bath is not what you want to do to either. A shower.
5: No, I think I actually just ended up wiping it.
3: I, was just <laughs> like, <laughs> just, no. yeah. I know. And then he, we're back to the He back played to square you like lawn. a fiddle right
4: Yeah, totally. Oh, he, what you have to he, tell yeah. him, every, with every wipe, with every wipe you have to say, you're going to be doing this for me when I'm 80. <laughs> you really going to this <laughs> for me whatever. So is, um, every time I have to a, do it it's This is it. a
3: horrific conversation which <laughs> is perfect perfect segue for Melbourne Horror Film Society give us the rundown yes. tell people what they should know. And then we'll, uh, we'll yes. throw it to
5: a, a bit. So, I mean, we'll probably be screening things that are less, yeah, less horrific than the conversation that we've just had. But I don't know. You never know. Um, So we, you can find out all the information about things that we've got coming up on on our social media sites at Melbourne Horror. Yep. Um, we've got a website, Um, And the next two screenings for April, we've got, um, one that I am extremely, I think this is one of my, like one that I am most excited about, like one of my most excited about, um, screenings coming up. So it's actually, oh, and this is where things are going to get awkward because Ben and I actually have competing events on this weekend. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Um, <laughs> But it totally, oh, the only problem with it really is that I can't come to Monster Fest <laughs> is the only, is the, the only problem with it. I don't think it'll really pose too many problems to too many others, but, um, but yeah, so this Saturday night, so Saturday, July 8th, we are showing Demons 2. Oh Yes. And oh, um, yeah, so that's at True North in Coburg and I cannot fucking wait for that. That's going to be, yeah, so what much What time fun. is that? That is, oh, see, the thing is it, it um they usually get started about 8.30 because right. we have to wait until the kitchen closes there and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, between 8.30 and 9.00 yep. they usually get started, but you have to get there early to get a good seat.
6: Yeah.
5: um And then the, the last Tuesday of the month, so which will be Tuesday, July 25th, we're showing 13 ghosts at um, Long Play in Fitzroy North, and that's going to be the first... Of our screenings that um, some of our members are actually going to be, which they they're curating, and the Matthew Lillard one, oh, the good one, yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah, for the next for the next few months, um, yeah, we're handing over the reins pretty much to both. Uh, pretty much takes us to October actually, um, and we will. We're back. We you know we don't we don't want to give too much over. We were <laughs> like, oh, we'll do October, we'll do October, but yeah. At both um venues our some of our most loyal members are going to be doing the introductions. I was gonna say you're making favorites. them stand
4: up in front of everyone and do the talk as well.
5: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, certainly. yeah, we'll we'll welcome you know, we'll still get up as well and then introduce them and they'll come up and say whatever whatever they wanna say
3: and awesome. I reckon and ghosts is a banger movie, like I honestly, yeah, I haven't seen it since back in the
5: day. I don't remember it. Like I saw it theatrically.
3: similar Cabin in the Woods. You know that, um, who directed that? I can't remember. Was it Joss Whedon wrote it or something like that? Yeah, yeah, Joss yeah. Whedon wrote it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, To me, 13 Ghosts is a very similar concept and just much better. Yeah, with right. All the, with all the... Oh, not, I love Cabin not, in I the Woods. I really all, it. The, all the, all the, no, all the, no the classic... No, oh, Drew Goddard.
5: Drew Goddard. Sorry, yeah, I just need yeah. to say. Drew Goddard directed Cabin yeah. in the Woods. It's one of my favourite films. And because I'm Buffy, like fanatic. Awesome. Cool. So what's that <laughs> website again? Melbournehorrorfilmsociety.org
3: Let's talk about Newsly, the super app that you can have on your phone to get all of the news from around the world, from over 80 different countries all in your phone and it takes the highest trending articles from over 80 different countries and reads it all back to you in a natural human voice and you kind of get to choose what sort of news stories you listen to. You might be into the arts, you might be into politics, you might be into medicine. Newsly has it all. They've got you covered. They also have a premium service. So even though the app is completely free, if you want just that bit more, you can upgrade and we've got a free month of premium subscription for you if you use our exclusive code, Monday without the O-M-N-D-A-Y. Go to newsly.me, upgrade, tell them we sent you. Back to the show. All right, well, now that we have Ben back on his desk and Jarrett's back where he belongs, the universe has just aligned. It's back the way it should be. This is fantastic.
6: (laughs)
7: Hey, Jarrett. true. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) still not feeling the warmth of uh, Ben's... (laughs) A seat at this point in time, but I'm getting there. I'm, I'm working up. I'm working up the mojo for the, to travel. It's the reward. You got to risk Look, I, it to get. I tell you
4: this. I tell you the secret. Just go down to Coles and buy <laughs> yourself two lamb shoulders, and then just <laughs> put them on. Put them on on your spare seat until they
7: rot, and
4: then oh. it
7: will be close. See, the... I was doing it the wrong way around. I was putting them down the front of my trousers. But <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, what I'll do for you. You'll
7: sitting on your lap. Jarrett,
3: I'll make a silicone mould for you.
7: Yes. You can take it wherever you want. That's perfect. I love it. I love it. And then if I go to the movies with Ben, I can put it on the seat next to me. And if anyone comes to the seat taken, I say, what does it look like?
3: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and you can just and sit we'll get... on Ben's lap at any time. Yeah, yeah well, that's true. Yeah. I can use it as a booster seat.
4: <laughs> I'm working I'm working towards a space trucker's square pig-esque thing where my, my ass just kind of melds together. You know, like... I don't know, if you did that experiment where if you um, had a, a,
3: a... You want uh, a web ass, you want a web ass, that's what it is. Uh,
4: yeah, like a, no, like a Band-Aid. If you put <laughs> a Band-Aid around your fingers and they were together long enough, eventually the skin would kind of grow, you'd join, oh. join together.
7: Yeah. No, I did not know that. Well, I'm you glad know. I never experimented with that. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> You've you just got to find the lacquer band all... big enough for your ass.
4: Your skin will grow, and that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, like I'll have to insert, like a pipe, kind of uh, a uh, massive pipe.
3: And Jared, isn't it great to have Ben back? Like, it's
7: great. It's great. I have dearly missed him, and I've missed his adventures abroad, and and the the tales of. What the toilet trees are like, well, toilets are like, not toilet trees. I assume they're much the same.
3: Oh, yes, well, he's you. already he's already told us a little bit about that, so... We'll... Oh, good, good. <laughs> We're going to move on to what the fuck's coming out this week.
7: What's, uh, it's a pretty interesting week because we've got one tentpole release and everything else is coming from indies as such. The tentpole release is the Super Mario Brothers movie yep. and it's coming out in all the formats, 4K, Blu-ray, DVD.
3: Way bigger than anyone could have anticipated
7: yeah huge gigantic this thing's a juggernaut i mean it's still showing in cinemas and it probably will still be showing in cinemas whilst it's on home entertainment because we're moving this week still school school holidays so yeah and
4: i actually thought you were talking about umbrellas release of the original film not the
6: uh i forgot about the new one
7: (laughs) well yeah i did hear an inkling that there was talk of uh, a re-release down the track from umbrella so hopefully if that happens it's going to be um we we want that work print in 4k quality it's not going to happen (laughs) i'm I'm, I'm worried they won't be even able to include it on a future release why didn't they they
3: put that in the roland joffrey uh, box set (laughs) because he produced it
7: Oh, yeah, of course he did too, yeah. Yeah, nobody wants ownership of that movie, so. <laughs> Except, John Except for the umbrella, obviously, because yeah. they can make a good buck out of it. <laughs> but yeah, that one's coming out on 4K, Blu-ray and DVD. It's got Dolby Atmos, funnily enough, on the 4K and the blu rays so you don't need to get the Blu-ray, or uh, the 4K, but if you do get the 4K, of course, you get that HDR10 grading, and for a movie like this, obviously, that's going to add to it. There's special features, not many. There's four featurettes a music video and I think the trailer might even be on there as well uh and is yeah one of the so... um
4: is one of the featurettes just on his accent
7: no but funnily enough there is one with Anna Taylor Joy talking about leadership uh lessons she learned from playing Princess Peach in the film which sounds fucking riveting I can't wait to <laughs> dig into the whole four minutes of that um so yeah I mean it would have been great if they'd actually have done some stuff that tied to the video game franchise a bit more than just featurette fluff pieces that run at about six minutes oh, but you know i would have tried There's an opportunity su- for a double dip down the track i would fellas. Have
3: tried to source that very first movie from 1985 that's 60 minutes long and it's only ever been released in japan like i would have tried to get that on there
7: that would have been that but that would have required effort that would have required <laughs> yeah, an independent yeah. distributor to be handling the title but at this point in time sadly it's just universal so that's the major release for this week and then the other distributor that's releasing some good titles out in home entertainment one excellent title i should say because it's via vision and it's four rooms and it's making its blu-ray debut locally actually it's making its home entertainment debut because it's never made it to dvd here in australia so it's coming out on blu-ray and it's actually got special feature content on it which is surprising it is archival content but it's good to have it all in the one spot there's Uh, feature it with the directors, and there's a feature it on the making of the film, then the theatrical trailer and they put it in a nice little slipcase, but it's an all new 4K restoration. But the only thing that troubles me about this whole 4K restoration thing, and they've used it a couple times on their press releases for releases, is where it says 4K scan of the file. And I'm like, of the file? The first time I thought they just screwed up and it was supposed to be film, right? But they've done this about three times and I'm like, how do you 4K scan a file? Does it mean that the file was 1080p and you have run it through AI to upscale it to 4K? And then and then compressed it down to 1080p for the Blu-ray again. I don't know, but maybe they
3: just mean it, the cover. Interesting.
7: <laughs> yeah, well, true, and it is a, it is a glossy slip cover, so it does look nice. So that's the one I'm really excited about. In addition to that, they're putting out the Wolf Creek Ultimate Edition. Now, this is the standard edition of the Ultimate Edition, so it's about twenty dollars cheaper, and you don't get the 3D lenticular cover or those six art cards, which is which is more than fine. And it's a good release. I remember I discussed a couple of weeks ago both cuts of the film all the legacy special features on there and it's a two disc set because they've got the theatrical and the director's cut on separate discs so that one's coming out and it's at a more affordable price point than the previous limited lenticular one that was limited to a thousand units then there's a couple like uh back catalog titles they're putting out one which has been out before through sony but it's been out of print for like a decade which is Uh, alan parker's midnight express which i love great film harrowing movie but the other one's a blu-ray debut locally it's been on blu-ray in the states and the uk for years but reality bites is finally coming out locally on blu-ray and it's got all the special features from the universal release in the states which is good commentary and featurettes and some retrospective interviews i mean it's a fucking classic if you've got time to lean you've got time to clean
3: (laughs) it's a great movie i love it Ben Stiller's our first classic. directorial film,
7: yeah, and what a run of films he had as well. Because I mean, yeah, he followed it up with the Cable Guy, which I feel like over the years it just gets more and more sort of credit that it rightly deserved back when yeah. it released yeah. in like ninety six. It, it's,
3: it's more chilling and disturbing than ever before. Absolutely. I will say, speaking of Cable Guy, that when my you laid a cable Although in Europe? In UK,
6: <laughs> when I was in the UK, <laughs> there, you there was nothing cable like
4: guy? like we were we were sitting there going why is it that you have to go to america to see knights jousting at medieval times when in the uk where they actually have all the castles and stuff you cannot there are they do not have that as a as a thing that you can as an
7: attraction to. yeah that's yeah well i mean you've got an idea there man you should possibly look at you know franchising it
3: over there <laughs> setting one up medieval yeah i like in it in the uk and then johns there's a bunch something.
7: of titles uh little little john's uh Fryer's tuck
3: um, <laughs> yeah. try and, try and to get into it,
7: <laughs> and then the other titles that are coming out from via vision are on their imprint line and there's a few we've got uh damage which is a romantic uh drama with jeremy irons no it's it's, it's full a, of it's gratuitous a, sort of sex.
3: yeah yeah i've got to
7: revisit introduced,
4: it introduced, I... tits to the world i believe <laughs>
7: yes yeah absolutely so damage oh. uh melina the italian film not one less my summer of love leap and the last one i want to mention is because you've got a sample copy of it and i think you've watched it
3: the bounty glenn yeah oh, it's great like i forgot how much i like that movie <laughs> and it's this, is it it's
7: a roger donaldson that directed it
3: roger donaldson and you have yeah. um anthony hopkins and mel gibson are the leads you've got liam neeson's in there little dexter fletcher that took me by to surprise so many people Amazing. and it, it, i just forgot how um fast-paced and sort of action-packed for drama is
7: yeah it's been years since i've seen it It was one of my old man's favorite films funnily enough and uh so i saw it quite a few times i'll definitely have to pick up the blu-ray what's the packaging like it looks pretty schmicko it's one of those hard boxes yes it's
3: it's pretty much um the the same as most of their other box ones that have got the two um blu-rays inside the box and then right so they got two into the film no, the second one is all the special features, which a lot of it is new. So you've got the first one with the movie and some old you know, archival you know, special features, then another disc with alternative cover art and just newer interviews and, and documentaries and things. All right. Yeah, yeah nice. Yeah. And do you get a booklet or anything like that with it? Yeah, I think there was a booklet in there. I uh, can't that's, remember. Oh, that's yeah, no, there was. Well, definitely a booklet. Yeah,
7: that's good. I mean, they're expanding because prior to that, they were just doing the hard boxes with the discs in, yeah. maybe a soundtrack and that. But now I like that they're actually doing those you know, box sets with a book and thing. Because, I mean, that box is huge. You could just fit it into a two-disc you know, tray with a nice slip cover. So yeah. If you're going to do the box, stick a, stick a book into it. But, yeah, that's all the release this week. Anything else that's coming out, it's only coming out on DVD. And except I don't for, one, except for one. Except for one.
3: And it is only on DVD, and I do want to talk about it because is it our, the Outwaters? Our friends at Eagle are releasing Timescape, and we have the director of that movie on next week's show, so got to get that plug in there. Ah, Timescape, Timescape. yeah, right. The original. Timescape. No, this is it's, well in America it's called Timescape. It's been retitled in Australia as Timescape: Back to Dinosaurs. It's like ah. a kids' adventure time travel movie. It's very, very much like Flight of the Navigator. It's about a, a couple of kids that get into a spacecraft that takes them back to the dinosaur age. But are it's you the, sure? D-
4: did they not have to go to arbitration and call it Lee Daniels timescape? <laughs> <and> not, uh, <laughs> well, not really,
3: uh... What I love about this, and look, it, for a kid's film, it's quality. Uh, the director himself is the guy that made Battle for Terror. I don't know if you remember that one from years ago with Justin Long and um, oh, who was he? There's a couple of Hollywood A listers in it. And he's like a special effects guy that's worked for Lucasfilm and you know, James right. Cameron. and He did effects on it, um, Titanic and things like that. So. Anyway, he's on the show. On actually. the the
7: recent Titanic, the the one where they went in. <laughs> and no, okay, not that one.
3: No, no, that, oh, one, well, that
7: one bombed. <laughs> Timescapes. Now tell me this, Ben. That's the one with Jeff Daniels that came out through CBS Fox or whatnot back in the yep. day. David, on David on video. Yeah. Yes, and then it, it's US titles, the Grand Tour, which I only learned recently because MVD oh, okay. released it on Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. super Ooh. surprised. I was like. Oh, because I thought it was an entirely different film. I was like, how have I not seen this Jeff Daniels film from the early 90s? I followed his career quite closely. And then, yes, it turned out it's, it's Timescape. Yeah, right.
4: I, always, I, just, I thought it was called Timescape Everywhere. There you yeah, go.
3: Yeah, no, it's not. And the, the poster art's fantastic. It's all about, like, time travel tourism. It's, yeah, what a good movie. They remade it with Casper yeah. Van Dien. Do you remember that? It was called Thrill Seekers. No oh, know no, that it was a remake of that Well, it's it's the same story I don't know if they're calling what? it a remake But it's exactly the same premise And it, yeah, Thrill Seekers Because I had heard of that first and watched it And then I thought, hang on They've remade it And then realised the remake that I thought was a remake Was actually the original
7: <laughs> They should do another remake And maybe hire Scott Atkins to be in it or something <laughs> yeah, of that on, nature. yeah, for that <laughs> And now, Glenn, did you see, so this, the new Sniper films doing the rounds, I assume that people are somehow illegally downloading it or something of that nature from overseas because well, there's no Depends which physical one you're talking yet.
3: about because the 10th the one, which is supposed to be the new one, has not had any kind of thing released. I think the one you're talking right. about is number nine has just actually hit every single platform in America and ah, it's gone to number okay. one, so it's had a resurgence.
7: Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I did see some people sharing and it's hard to... It's hard to know when they don't put the numbers next to the title and they just have, you know, a subtitle, a byline. It's very confusing. Do do you know what?
3: (laughs) Do you happen to know what it was called, or you didn't? No,
7: no, no. (laughs) I just saw it pop up and I thought, look, has it gone digital in the states? And you know, people are going, you know, wild for it, and then we'll have a physical. No, there you go. So it's just, you know, me. It's just I check it, Locking up the views. <laughs> <I> yeah, <checking laughs> go into the IMDb page and go. <laughs> is
3: it out yet. <laughs>
7: well, I'll keep my ears, my eyes peeled for uh, for any details that relate to number <laughs> ten. Okay, yeah, so that's it, gentlemen. That's all the news I have for you for this week. But it's great seeing uh, Ben's face, and and I hope you're feeling better soon, Glenn. I know, I can't shake this
3: bastard, mate. can't shake it. And has it
7: prevented you from going to the movies at all or have you been
3: able to... No, I went and saw Indiana Jones because, as you know, I got to the Indiana Jones preview or premiere and five minutes before the film started, they kicked on their air conditioner. It fucked with my throat and I had a coughing fit that I couldn't get rid of and I didn't want to be that guy at IMAX that disrupted everybody. So I looked at my wife and said, we have to leave before it starts. So we left. And I got good the second I got in the car. It was the air conditioner was full of dust, and it was course, yeah, fuck with yeah. me. So I, you know, cut to a week later. I saw it on opening night, and yeah, so all is good in the world. And, and
7: what was the attendance like going to see a movie on opening night at a? I reckon a there was cinema? probably
3: probably uh, fifteen people in the cinema, and we were at Vmax. So wow, yeah. yeah, that's yep.
7: so like, yeah, it. It, I guess it's just across the board because as much as you, we can say, you know, people aren't, you know, concerned about, well, you know covid (laughs) or whatnot but but it feels like they've just dropped off completely
3: let me say this though the the cinema complex itself was packed right the line at the candy bar was huge and they were all i thought everyone's here for indiana jones they all went into probably um whatever else transformers transformers yeah yeah Um, and i just think maybe it's the indiana jones fatigue like he's too old for young viewers to really get into of course and a lot of people are still jaded after the last one so maybe it's Mm. just the indiana jones has had his time and
7: Disney must be going. God, man, this Lucas thing. Oh, we're gonna to have to turn this Indiana Jones thing into a streaming dude, series. No, that's dude, the only the, way to go with these franchises. The,
3: the tables are turning on Kathleen Kennedy. She's copying it online. Oh, I'm seeing time.
7: it online. Yeah. There's so many videos on YouTube, and a lot of people taking interviews and you know cutting things. Spielberg, that she's Spiel, Spielberg's right.
3: come out like an interview with Spielberg has come out recently about how she's she's a woman who has no ideas but likes to put them out there anyway. You know, like yeah, she's not a creative. Right. And yes. she, she and he said she interrupts every meeting you have with ideas, and they're just not actually ideas, you know? <laughs> Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah she's copying big time. That's my job. <laughs> 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 well, I my
7: look toes. forward to hearing your. I assume you're going to be talking about it on this episode, so I look forward to hearing your thoughts on on the film.
3: Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I haven't yet. So I haven't seen. It still yet.
7: processing
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> I can give still... you my thoughts now if you want to. Like, yeah, please. I, don't, I just I'm not to. I won't spoil the movie itself, but... No, like,
7: no, for the listeners, you can spoil it for me all you want, but the listeners, yeah, I think of the listeners.
3: Um, I, I think Kingdom of the Crystal Skull's better. This is by far the worst Indiana Jones wow. movie. Oh, okay. And, and, and I think when people see it, they'll understand why, and I think, if anything, this one gives a little bit more appreciation in retrospect for what um, Crystal Skull did, so...
7: Yeah. Well, I mean, it, what I will it's, give it though, it, it's not having the effect that the Force Awakens had for episodes no. one, two, and it, three, though, is it? <laughs> it <definitely, laughs> Where you're like, oh, that wasn't bad because the last ones were shit." But now, it, no, yeah. it
3: definitely recaptures the um the Raiders of the Lost Ark aesthetic. Like the, the look of the film is very, very Indiana Jones, but it's so lackluster and boring and bland. Like it's really bland and um yeah i could i could go into further details that would spoil the film but um
7: yeah no no well it's it's funny to think you know here we have a franchise that's got five films over the stretch of like over 40 years now but then we've got mission impossible which is just about to come out with the the seventh film i've
3: seen that and it's awesome it is oh excellent
7: i'm going monday i can't wait i'm super excited oh excellent fantastic seven films for that franchise i mean you know it was some wrong footing early in the piece corrected itself and it's a franchise that's only been going for like less than 30 years and it's giving james bond a
3: run for its money man is giving why don't they make uh tom cruise indiana jones (laughs) 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 sorry sorry,
4: i just had a a kathleen kennedy moment
3: (laughs) (laughs) i would be down i would be down for a complete restart of indiana jones with the new young lead that's in it for you know a good five movies. I'd be down for that. I mean, they could yeah, do like the serious. Atlantis storyline and all that sort there's of so stuff. There's so many Indiana Jones books. They've got the Young Indiana Jones TV series with great stories. Apparently, George Lucas had mapped out the entire storyline from Young Indy to Raiders of the Lost Ark, also Temple of Doom, I should say, um, that there's two or three seasons they never got to do of those stories. So there's heaps. Wow, it's already written and it's waiting. Yeah. It? Well, you know,
7: Kathleen Kennedy is going to be listening to this podcast. She's heard that and she's like, all right. Indiana Jones, Young Indiana Jones, we're doing it again. We're doing it. We're doing it on streaming.
4: Is this who... <laughs> I My biggest problem with Young Indiana Jones, and I quite enjoyed it, but I really... I've never cared for that... Uh... What's his name? Neil Patrick Flannery or whatever the uh, hell. Oh he yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> is it Sean Patrick? Sean Patrick. Sean Patrick. Yeah. yeah. The The Boondock
7: Saints is that that? Yeah. That, yeah. Boondock Cat. Saints yeah. and Suicide
4: mm. Kings and stuff like and Simply Irresistible. That's his kind of big. Uh, is that yeah. the
7: one with um with uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah she they, cry, they try, they cast she cries into the food yeah. and she makes men fall in love with her. That's right. Yeah. That's gro- he, is that grooming? Oh, I guess if they're <laughs> of an age, it's not grooming. I oh, no, it doesn't questionable. It doesn't count when women do it. No, that's right uh, can i funny. can i quickly broach the topic then of um i don't actually know the actress's name because i haven't followed her career that closely i do know the character that she played on youtube and she had that awful netflix series um haters something you know haters i don't know what it's called <laughs> haters haters gonna hate no that's a taylor swift song the love haters, you hate, the, uh, not haters back off or something like that she plays this. Um, she's actually quite a beautiful woman. I don't know what you're talking about. She's in her mid thirties, but she plays like this nerdy character with lipstick all over her face, and she's like, you know, you don't know about this. <laughs>
2: nope. Anyway, she's a very
7: attractive woman. She plays this character that's just over the top, like you know Norman Gunston style sort of thing. Like a Catherine Tate um, type. Like a Catherine yeah. Tate type, but but probably but even Tracy more a character chewer. Like it's right. it's huge. But, yeah, no, it's been in the news the last week that she was got the Netflix deal when she was, you know, cultivating a YouTube audience and character. And she was um, talking with, you know, young men, you know, that are like 13 or something. And she sent one of them her bra and panties and stuff like this and um, was like unloading her emotional baggage, like had them up until like, you know, three or four in the morning talking about her, the breakdown of her marriage at the time. And all this and now it's all come to the surface it all started with you know range reports of her live show where she would invite people up on stage and they'd be underage and they'd do sort of humiliating things and then it spiraled into all these people coming out of the woodwork to go hey when i was 13 i was in this weird relationship with her where she would just you know disclose all her emotional issues and you know um ask me about you know sex things and that Anyway, it's a very interesting thing because we've I don't think we've actually ever seen a female who, you know, is clearly attractive, possibly talented. I like I said, that show's awful. I don't dig the character. Um, and has a has a huge audience, her stars sort of, you know, moving upward and then now she's sort of being, you know, sort of taken you know down by the stories. What it normally
3: is. It's normally when you do hear a female doing it, it's usually teachers. And yes. Then you get people like us that quite often say, "Geez, if only when I was that age." Oh, yeah, absolutely!
7: Right. All my teachers were like eighty <laughs> years old, and they're all they showed,
3: they showed no interest.
7: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. precisely. I will end it on this weird thing though. Is that oh, she's so this is staying in? Okay,
3: good. Yeah, this is
7: definitely staying in. Like you'll you'll have to you'll have to look up who she is to mention in the episode okay. after we finish talking. All right. <laughs> um, but she's released not so much a statement because she's being you know forbidden from releasing a statement by her you know her people so instead of releasing a direct statement she's actually released a 10 minute song she plays on a ukulele and it's all about like i wasn't grooming them you know i'm just a sort of strange and odd person and all this sort of thing that's
3: all kevin spacey
7: Uh, needed to do i know instead he he reprised his character from house of cards and did a direct camera piece (laughs) around christmas wrong idea mate get the ukulele <laughs> and sing a fucking song that's what's gonna make everything smooth out a little but yeah know. very odd and definitely worth looking into but yeah haters haters i don't know what the name i'm glad i don't know the name because <laughs> i don't want to plug her stuff but yeah it's it's just interesting to sort of see the turning of the tides and see a completely you know different sort of story but yes yeah, so. i don't even anyway, know how anyway, that it there. i don't know how no, don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> grooming apparently i don't know <laughs> an offhand comment about grooming and it turned into something like quite a beast but anyway oh. gentlemen i'll let you go and uh, i'll look forward to talking to you next week about some upcoming home entertainment releases of which there's there's a few
3: excellent thanks mate all righty ben let's talk europe big trip uh give us the highlights uh, I.
4: I'm <laughs> trying to think of what they were. By the end of it, I was so exhausted.
3: Did you get a photo of Big Ben?
4: I. I got it. Look, I did take video and, and get photos of Tower Bridge and London Bridge and uh, all that sort of stuff. I don't know if I got. Uh,
3: you in front of Big Ben would have been great.
4: Yeah. I, I don't know if I, I actually did that. Big Ben in front of Big Ben.
3: Did you have fish and chips in England?
4: I did have fish and chips. I got to say, I, I did not. They like you know the Australian standard is flake, yep. and the British standard is cod. Yep. I the cod is a very bland. Oh,
7: is it? Yeah, the, oh. the cods are
4: very bland. And fish. if you go to I Canada, it's halibut. Halibut. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. They all taste pretty similar though. They're all oh. just like a very they're they're a great fish if you don't like fish.
3: Yes, that's That's right, kind of yeah. how they ah. it's it's they market fish. it. It's <laughs> a gateway
4: fish. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I had fish and chips on the pier in Brighton.
3: Okay, that's a good point. Which, to was,
4: have it. Uh, which was pretty good, um, and we went to Hastings, which I didn't realize all the, all the locations for Foyle's War. <laughs> <laughs> which would was have been great. New element. Uh, I enjoyed it. We went to um, we did a kind of stop at the because originally I wanted to go and see the White Cliffs of Dover. Yeah, but apparently. If you're on land, you actually can't actually see the White Cliffs. You just see the ocean. You just see the ocean. <laughs> you have to be on like the ferry coming across to see the White Cliffs. Yeah. So the better option is to go into the Seven Sisters, which is a bit further up the coast uh, in between um, uh, Brighton and um, Bath and Bristol and kind yeah. of the Cotswolds. So we went up there and then I, I climbed one of them, which I didn't like. I walked, I walked, we walked, I was there with my sister and we walked to the beach and we we're like, oh, you can really only see like one sister. And there was a farmhouse on the other side, which we didn't realize. I was like, we can't, it's private property. We can't go out there. And of course, then when I, by the time I climbed up the sister, which is this steepest, like fuck kind of mountain, which I didn't think I was going to do. Me and these, this like five or six German tourists, uh, we're like looking at each other going, what, what are we doing? We're fucking idiots. But um, from there, you could see the, the you could see people taking photos from the farmhouse, and you're like, oh, we probably should have just <laughs> driven there. And there, you can see all seven sisters. It's a great photo photo <laughs> opportunity, which I didn't get to take. Oh, but man. I was proud of myself for climbing up. I went to Sherwood Forest, excellent, which was great. Lied about it on my immigration form because <laughs> I said I did I did not go anywhere rural. I did, uh, <laughs> but I just wasn't wearing any shoes, so that's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, that was pretty good. Uh, I you know went to Sacre Coeur. I did. I, like. I did a lot of touristy stuff. I also did get to do like Bath and York were two of the best places I went to in the UK. Sure, couldn't recommend them enough. And just just genuinely nice places. Like it's more of the midsummer Murders-y type quaint places. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's like they're still bustling cities. Yeah, they're not country towns, but it is much more of that. When you London is. Really become a tourist shithole. Yeah, yeah. Like it is. So it is rural. super urban, but it is. It's literally like you go to Bond Street, which is the big, you know, a big kind of yep. market street. But it's all like the same five stores. Then you cross into Charing Cross Road. It's just those st- same stores repeated again. <laughs> like yeah. it is, and it doesn't matter <laughs> where you go to Bloomsbury, you go to um, uh, Carnaby Street. It's they're all the same. Like there is since COVID, at least. All the originality has been leached out of right out of out of London. So I kind of like London was a bit of a disappointment for me. Yeah. And uh, you know, look, I, and I'm not like a... I don't wasn't you know I went I wanted to go to the Gina De Campo restaurant. He's the guy on the the morning <laughs> show in the UK. I know, but uh, yeah. you know, he's that's great. That, that's <laughs> he's great. That's blown up now. That was all happening when I was over there. The whole Phil Phil uh, Schofield uh, the Phil thing. Schofield yeah. thing. <laughs> Uh, which was amazing, like, uh, you know.
3: And Gino's been really uh, trying to tease it out of them as well. Yeah. Which, uh, <laughs> worry, that's a whole other thing.
4: Um,
3: what, about, what about movies? Did you see any movies while you were over there?
4: I actually only, I mean, I saw movies at Cannes, yeah. mm. uh, which was great, but that was more kind of work-related stuff. The only movie, I went to the BFI and I saw a movie whose name I can't remember. Uh, called, I think it was called Police Women. It, was one of, it had three titles. Yeah, And it's from the 40s? 50s, uh, and that was pretty good. But the BFI cinema, I like when I bought my ticket, I was like, "Look, I'm a big guy. I need a seat either side, if that's possible, please." Because for some reason, just before the movie started, the online thing didn't work, so I couldn't pick my own ticket. So I, I asked the <laughs> yeah. I asked the woman. She's like, yeah, "Okay," and she gave me the seat, which is great. What I didn't realize was that the seats are so close together. In front of you, yeah. that I basically had to sit there like maximum man spread, <laughs> virtually doing the Van Dam splits to fit. You like
3: a huntsman <laughs> spider sitting there, like just cinema. like yeah, like that,
4: like camped out. I felt like I was with our Yankovic in the Fat Music video. <laughs> but the, the BFI the BFI is by far the one of the, the better places yep. that I went to in London. I've heard there they've got this when you come out of the BFI and you walk up this kind of hill. The, that's where the big IMAX is in in London, and yep. the IMAX is amazing. But the the best thing about it, even if you don't go in, is that the whole outside of the building, and it's like a it feels like it's four or five stories, yep. is this massive screen where they play trailers and stuff of the movies cool. playing at IMAX, cool. which is bigger. Yeah. Than, it looks like it's bigger than the actual <laughs> IMAX screen. <laughs>
3: yeah. So the Transformers trailers and stuff were playing out there. Bang for buck. It was great. Awesome. It was great. Awesome. Yeah. righty. Well, let's uh, let's jump into game mode. All right, let's do it. Now that we've picked your brain, I'm um, you want Let's not. P- keep going? <laughs> <laughs> this is a. I mean, this one is a. This is one you've brought to the the table, Ben. So this you might want to explain this because I don't think I don't was think a we're game, ready for it. <laughs> it was
4: a game that I remember playing with friends during COVID, when you could only, where you had basically had Zoom parties. That was so the only can, way you could hang out with explain your it for friends. people
3: listening so we can get our heads around this. So
4: I, I believe the way it works is you start off with this. They had cards, and that's yeah. how you started off with it. But we could just do it. Uh, yeah but you basically start off with a movie and you have to name an actor from that film. Then the next person has to name... or no, you start off with a movie. The first person has to name an actor that was in that film and then another film that they're in. All right. And then... Then the next person There's goes. There's
3: an actor in the film they're in and around and around. Yeah. Until someone either doubles up or just fucks up. Or
4: can't think of a, doesn't know a film.
3: Right. This could, I mean, this could be a very long game or it might be an incredibly short, short game. game. Let's. Yeah. You have to kick us off. I'll go second and Mel, you go third. Oh right, well, God. And don't
5: oh, forget, I, think, I think I'm losing the connection. <laughs> I've, got,
3: I've got the power of edit. I can make <laughs> it sound good.
4: Well, look, well, okay. Why don't we start with, just because I'm looking luck. at it. Why don't we start with Julian Sands and Warlock?
3: Okay, so then I – but there's – how many fucking people can you name out of Warlock other than Julian Sands or oh, Paula Marshall?
5: Oh, don't you do – oh, really? Don't you do – because I was like, oh, I'll go next, because then I could have done – I was thinking that you'd go another movie with Julian Sands no, and no, someone that's else a, that's a, I, I named movie. Julian
4: Sands so you couldn't use Julian Sands
5: oh, in the uh,
4: thing.
3: Well,
5: so I was going <laughs> to go boxing. <laughs> so so Marshall, would I have
3: one? been correct to go Paula Marshall, Hellraiser 3?
5: Well, you.
4: Uh,
3: <laughs> if we're going to get caught in a vortex of Hellraiser well, then. Well,
4: this is like, I mean, yeah. like this, I'm calling it a challenge because is Paula Marshall in Warlock or is she in Warlock 2? It's Laurie Singer is the girl in Warlock. Okay, well,
3: okay so what's happened here is, all right, let's explain this. The poster you pointed at is Warlock Armageddon, so naturally my brain went there. With it, yeah. No, but I was like, <laughs> I think, "There's I, a little I reckon, poster of Warlock." It just
5: counts because then, because I, I could have got one off yours. So <laughs> <laughs> he totally meant that. All right. Yeah. Okay. So,
3: okay. So to everybody listening, that was a that was a, a practice, <laughs> a practice session. so we get the hang of it?
5: Yeah, they are just are <laughs> just figuring it out. <laughs> well,
3: okay. Uh, <laughs> Corey Feldman, Goonies. <laughs> okay, so then I would go Sean Aston Fellowship of the Ring um fuck (laughs) (laughs) oh
5: fuck what's his name um fuck uh uh um oh i'm like i can see everybody and i just can't i can't bloody think (laughs) oh my god um hang on hang on hang on blah 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 die hard um uh,
3: (laughs) it's got me thinking now Um, Who's in Die Hard? That's he died a few
5: years ago. The bad guy in No, you're thinking
3: of Harry Potter.
5: I am thinking of Harry Potter. Potter. I said I've never seen either of. I've never seen either of. You never seen
4: any of the Lord of the Rings movies?
5: Nah, I think I saw the Hobbit at the movies and I fell asleep. Well, I think that's a that's a clear, yeah, yeah, cool. (laughs) Elijah
4: Wood was the bit was the
5: Elijah Wood. Oh my god, yes.
3: (laughs) I was just
5: having a complete blank. So
3: so now Mowzer, you kick Ben off with another one. Yeah. Oh, really? Any movie. Um. Oh, works, that's but... why, This is
4: why it works better with the cards so you don't have to think of that first <laughs> yes, one.
5: Yes! <laughs> yes! It works so much better with the cards. Um, there should be, there's probably something online that would, that uh, would um, generate it. A random yeah.
4: Movie generator, yeah. Yeah. Um,
5: well, why don't you start
4: with Die Hard or something yeah. that you see you oh, yeah. mentioned?
5: Um, Bruce Willis Die Hard.
4: Uh, okay, so. Oh, I can't remember that uh, that guy's <laughs> name, but uh, Alan, Alan Rickman, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Alan
5: Rickman, that's who I was trying to think of, but just the um, wrong movie, and I couldn't think of his name.
3: Okay, uh, Christian Slater, pump up the volume.
0: Oh
5: fuck! I had no idea.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Harry, good old Harry, Hardon. on. <laughs>
5: you guys know might as well just do it because I'm not. I'm nev- never going to fucking get
3: any. On, any excuse to use the bong. <laughs> <laughs> What if you get three passes? Because I
4: three passes. Three Kim. passes in a round oh, and it okay. goes on to the next person. Sure. Okay.
0: All right. Sure. sure. Okay. All right.
4: So then it's me? Yeah. All right. So Samantha Mathis. Uh, what's it called? It's like a thing called love. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. do. Okay. I'll make it easy for you. <laughs> <Thanks>. Samantha <laughs> Mathis,
3: Broken Arrow. Oh, okay. So John Travolta, Pulp Fiction.
5: Oh, um. So, Greece, Olivia Newton John.
4: No, hang on. No, you've got to choose uh, someone else from Pop Fiction that's not John Travolta and then
3: a movie. (laughs) Oh fuck! We are definitely playing this every week.
5: Samuel L. Jackson. um, He's in it, isn't he? He is. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, uh, Avengers: Endgame.
8: Oh, for fuck's Uh, sake. Now you've really
3: fucked (laughs) up. Of all the movies Uh, he could have gone with. (laughs) All right. Uh,
4: Jesus. Uh, Avengers I mean, it's a smorgasbord for you. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm just trying to think of who are the ones that... So, okay. Jeremy Renner. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Fuck! <laughs> what was the uh, the name of that? Awesome. Uh, I, I can only think of uh, Tina Fey's fake name for the movie Explosion at the Wig Factory, which is uh,
3: <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> Hustle, uh, American Hustle. Okay, so Bradley Cooper, a Star is Born. Um. Oh, there you're uh, fucked.
5: Oh yeah, fuck. Uh, it, oh, <clears> I
4: mean, <throat> no. There's one. There's one obvious one that will save you if you can think of it. I was going to say
5: there's like a, that's a oh. smorgasbord too. Oh, because I've never seen it, so I only know of him and bloody... Um, <laughs>
4: and
3: Gaga, and what's the other And film?
5: Gaga. And what, has she been yep. in anything else? I mean, yeah. she was oh, in she American has. Horror American horror Story. And she's, um, and
3: she's coming up in the, the next um, Joker movie. Oh, and she was oh, in... Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: She's in House of Gucci. Another
5: smorgasbord. Like, on oh, zombie. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, Thanks for the, <laughs> answering my question. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, so House of Gucci. Uh,
4: which I haven't seen, but I know Adam Driver's in it. Oh, yeah. And I do, what did I do? 65. Come on.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I to say, what's that number? I,
4: I don't know who else is in it either, though. So I can't. Uh, the dinosaurs. Adam Driver. Dinosaurs.
5: Dinosaurs. Uh, <laughs> Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: I love this game. <laughs> what else is Adam Driver in? He's in.
5: Oh, I know. Oh, what's I that, hate um, I know other what's stuff.
4: What's that Jim Moosh zombie movie? Uh, I know the one you mean. Better off dead.
3: Is that what it's called? <laughs> no, but it's similar to that.
4: Uh, what about? Well, then I'll have to do that. Uh, what's the other one? That nights. The last, the last night.
3: Okay. Um, is that the one with Matt Damon? Ah, I don't know that one. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> Matt Damon.
5: <laughs>
3: Good Will Hunting.
5: Um, Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Gone girl.
4: Oh, fuck. Uh, (laughs) Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Uh, What's the name of those? Uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle.
3: (laughs) Okay. Um, Tal Pin. Harold and Kumar go to Guantanamo. (laughs)
5: Oh, fuck. I've only seen
3: the first one. Fast.
4: Uh okay, so then that's
3: uh in the interest of time, how long does this game go for and how does it end? Well, it, without Infinity. the passes
4: they end pretty quickly, okay. but it's until you kinda you can't do anymore. All but right. it's but Melzi's had two passes so far. Okay. Yeah, yeah, He's only so got I'm one probably pass. out. So when uh, we're going when
3: we need to wrap it up, we'll just throw a tricky one at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: I mean that's it, you know, you, like you can yeah. you can finish it easy by making it obscure. Like I can go John Cho missing.
3: Okay, and then I would go who else is he missing?
4: Nobody but John Cho. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I just I <laughs> so, so that's when you kind of have to start again because it's just him, right? It's yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Is that the end of the game, or we're we still going? No. Well, then you just start. Then you just do it. Start another round. Right, start well, with someone else. I reckon, you get to pick it.
3: Let's do a speed round, and if we can't go speedily, we will throw to the next segment. All right. All right. I'll kick us off. Yep. Bill Murray, Ghostbusters. It's you, Milzie.
5: Oh. Dan Aykroyd. Um, oh fuck, but I don't know. Um <laughs> Sigourney Weaver cabin in the woods.
4: Fuck it. Bradley Whitford. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh fuck it. Uh, um <laughs> Bradley Whitford.
3: <laughs>
4: and what the fuck is it? Um Billy Madison.
3: Oh, Okay, so you would naturally then go Adam Sandler and Waterboy. Oh, um,
5: oh, fuck. <laughs> um, ball.
3: that's the
0: Who's Ball.
5: Oh, <laughs> shit. Weren't you going on about a heap of his movies just recently? Someone on about it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, shit, I can't think of his name because he's got a. Huge. Nah. a bedoula <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, that's
3: so annoying. No, that's all right. Um, they're, they're, they're oh, you the, guys keep going. You no, guys no, keep oh, going. Oh, oh, we'll just okay. okay. Right. Yeah, just go. Uh, you
4: go. Bulk the craft.
3: Okay, Niv Campbell, scream. Uh,
4: mm-hmm. Matthew Lillard, thirteen ghosts. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! I got to remember who's in thirteen ghosts other than Matthew Lillard. Uh, I can't remember who's in thirteen ghosts other than Matthew Lillard. It's a good ensemble, too, I believe, from memory. Oh, no. Who's the bad guy? The evil guy that owns the house? Ah. Uh, oh, nah. No. Can't think of I it. can't think of anyone from that cast.
5: Dan and Elizabeth.
3: Elizabeth. Um, Miss Google over there.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, American Pie. <laughs> yeah.
3: Okay. Well, that was a good game, and I'm very, very keen to play that again. Um, we need to sharpen our. I'll see if
4: I can. If I can get the, I'll find out the name of the card oh, because, yeah, because that, do that because what it was was basically this card deck with a bunch of it was either a bunch of actors' names or a bunch of movie names or maybe it had one of each and they had like twelve different games that you could play with them. Excellent.
9: I'll oh, see if I can find the name of
4: it and, and, nice. and get that game.
3: All right, maybe we can do that when Mel's on next. Definitely.
6: Great. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: off the track, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up.
3: i said last week the soundtrack to transformers rise of the beast is really good like it's it's the best thing about the movie because the soundtrack really complements all of the action and it's very 90s hip-hop orientated as you just heard um and yeah that song great example it's called the choice is yours by black sheep and uh, the perfect way to lead us into today's interviews but before i throw to those i want to quickly talk about the hasbro verse this is a thing last week i did mention that rise of the beast would be bringing the the Beast Wars characters into the series, as we know, but it also opened the door for GI Joe, which is exciting. <laughs> what was that? I heard some Fleetwood Mac. Then sorry, <laughs> that's how attentive Ben is. That was supposed to be on silent. <laughs> was that was that like a subliminal message to me? If I don't love you now, yeah, okay. It was a. It was a.
4: I was just, That's my views on on the Transformers. Movie. <laughs> I know you, you said it's the best one so far. And I'm like, well, if I don't love this one, I'm not going to love it. If you
3: love those Saturday morning style cartoons, this is the personification the of those. Right. Yeah, it's absolutely in that sort of line. But last week, the producer Lorenzo vaguely discussed the Hasbro verse, And I just thought I'd quickly run through some of the Hasbro properties that are on the table for crossovers that are, you know, potentials. Do you remember, well, you you know, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? I didn't realize that's Hasbro. It's Hasbro, yes. So mm. um, it's an interesting one. It became a Hasbro toy loan after the fact.
4: Because it was a Sabin picked yes, it up that's and right. turned it into yeah, and what it is.
3: Hasbro did a toy line and that's now apparently officially part of the Hasbro verse. But the other ones that I know were definitely really in consideration for um, almost happening were Rom Space Knight. I don't know if you remember that. Gem- How is
4: that possible? Rom Space Knight is a Marvel comic.
3: It's also a Hasbro property. Absolutely. Same with Gem and the Holograms. Gem I knew, And then Mask and Micronauts. Yeah. And Micronauts are also a comic book. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the origins of half of these, but these are definitely Hasbro-verse titles. So...
4: <laughs> I wonder, are they? Uh, like, I mean, I know Hasbro, maybe Hasbro licensed the toy rights, but are, do they own the the properties?
3: I do not know. But um, at, at, at this point in time, the only one that sort of creeped in so far is G.I. Joe, which yep. makes sense. Uh, but off... The record, there's been dis- like I had discussions with him off the record, and there were certain um, other properties, some I may or may not have mentioned, that were definitely because what studio is making the
4: Transformers movies? Paramount. The- so yeah. they are very much not Disney. Yeah, that's so right. that is interesting.
3: Yeah, and as I said last week, this is Transformers was Paramount's attempt to own a universe like Marvel yeah. had, and and whatever else. They always
4: know. pick these like shit ones though. <laughs> Like I mean, Hasbro. Like <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hasbro. You could you could with Transformers, GI Joe, Mask, yep. Centurions. Yep. If that's one of them, I'm not sure who actually did the Centurions cartoon, but you know well, they are all of a theme. Yep. So they could work.
3: Well, this has been together. dubbed. This has been dubbed the five property Hasbro verse. So right. five properties you know, merging at some point in time. Um, but like I said, at this point. But then, yeah. even
4: as a kid, when I was playing with these toys, I couldn't play with G.I. Joe and Transformers because if a G.I. Joe, like, <laughs> that's how I lost most of my G.I. Joes because, like, they get punched by a Transformer and I would throw them into the next door <laughs> neighbor's backyard.
3: Well, let me tell you, I mean, Transformers Rise of the Beast is in cinemas now, so a lot of people will have seen it already. And the, the connection that they've made with G.I. Joe to Transformers is very good. Like, it's a, it's a legitimate, uh, plausible connection. Um, but here's something interesting. Well,
4: that's because G.I. Joe has no personality, so you can just <laughs> shove it into any, any universe where there are men in it. You can have G.I. <laughs> Joes in there.
3: Did you know, believe it or not, back in the 80s, My Little Pony was in the Transformers universe. There was a crossover comic book called Friendship in Disguise. That does not, that, that does not surprise me. <laughs> was there also
4: like Strawberry Shortcake and uh, Care Bears? <laughs> I think the Care Bears crossed over with a few people. You know,
3: knowing that that happened, that My Little Pony and Transformers did merge at some point, I went ahead and watched the My Little Pony movie recently hoping that I would enjoy it enough to recommend it on this episode. I did not. Did not. No. I,
6: but
4: like, seriously, what if the Transformers, you know, if they blast off from, uh, what is it? Uh, what's the, the world called? The um, um the emo- Cybertron, Cybertron or whatever yeah, the hell it is, right, yeah. they blast off from Cy. The the Autobots are escaping the Decepticons, they and they land in the My Little Pony verse. And the yeah. whole reason they turn into cars is because they they're robots in disguise. What is their disguise in the My Little Pony? Are they turn into ponies? A float, oh. a <laughs>
3: horse <laughs> float, a horse float. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <Yep>. that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's throw to this interview The two lead actors We've got first up Anthony Ramos and then Dominic Fishback uh, And then uh, we'll, we'll join you On the other side Who are you? We are the Maximals And we have the power to fight What's
0: coming what the hell are those? Let's end this
3: Hi Anthony, how are you going?
2: You're great, man I'm chilling Oh, that's in Oklahoma! It.
3: Oklahoma, excellent. Yeah, nice and relaxed. So, chilling, fir- first question I want to ask you here is: um, you know, you land such a big role like Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Do you immediately immerse yourself and do a deep dive into the world of Transformers?
2: Um, I definitely went back to all the movies, watched them all again. Um, so yeah, I guess yeah, I did. To answer your question, yeah, I, I dove back in and um. Watched all the films again and, um, just like really, really tried to figure out what this world was going to be like for these characters, especially the, for the human character for like Noah, Noah specifically, you know, like, okay. He's from, if, if it's set in New York, we're in New York. Okay. Brooklyn, where in Brooklyn, Bushwick, Bro- Brooklyn, you know, which is actually where I'm from. Like I worked with Steven Capel, keep the you know, our director to really like really really get kind of figure out who this guy was on a personal level you know like all right he lives with his mom and his brother you know like even down to the casting of his brother you know i did a movie with dean vasquez uh we did in the heights together so i was you know even even with the casting of of my little brother you know steve Mm -hmm. was like yo we're thinking about these guys oh i'm like oh dean is the one you know i just knew you know i know dean um he's really special you know like that kid you know so Mm -hmm. you know and just like it was really like we worked we worked together to really figure out what the world was going to be like especially for the for the human characters you know and and uh and i think um so yeah i really i I dove in man I, i i dove in for sure
3: yeah right um is it a daunting prospect taking on or being sort of
2: brought into such a huge blockbuster franchise um i don't know i mean i guess right i mean i don't know nah
0: nah Because (laughs) confidence nah
2: Nah, because you know it's it's just like it is what it is Hmm. right like it's like I, i got no control over like what the movie does or what you know what people think you know the only thing i had control over was was my performance right so you know, I think it was and really like working again, working with Steven to develop the script and develop, you know, develop the character as much as I, I could and, and just contribute in the ways that I could. But you know, it does it, you know, is it the same as I mean you hope you know, you you just kinda hope that um you know, that people see it. You know, you just that's it. You really but you know, at the end of the day, I think we're already proud of the movie we made, and that's that's all we really have control over is making something that we all love, and that you know, as a fan, you know, something that I would, a story that I would be hyped to see as a fan. You know, being a fan of Transformers and Beast Wars, and you know, um, uh, you know, seeing characters like Unicron be introduced to the, to the uh, um, you know, to the story and and having new elements of you just cool shit that humans, you know, humans being a part of the fight in a way that they've never been before in any of the Transformers movies. And, you know, and um, having, you know, Puerto Rican and African-American lead and, and having characters like Toby and Wigway and Pete Davidson and Liza Koshy and Michelle Yeoh, and MJ Rodriguez, just, you know, Peter Dinklage, like all these, this, this mixed bag of characters like that, that for me as a fan just gets me hyped, you know, so, so i think that takes away the if i think about it it can be daunting if i think about the the franchise itself but when i started thinking about all the things that we did in this film it feels like a new thing which makes it less daunting to me
3: yeah well that's awesome to hear um i mean i know there would be a lot of people shitting themselves <laughs> when they get the when they get the call and told that they've got the lead in a brand oh, new i was definitely
2: i was definitely shitting myself for sure <laughs> i mean i was i was nervous more than anything i mean I, I it was more just like i just don't want to fuck this up yeah you know, i just, yeah, just yeah. want to do a good job cuz i really care about this and i actually love love this this franchise you know it was more yeah kind of like that so yeah i mean yeah yeah it was i guess it was daunting but then you the, the more you think about all the cool opportunities there are um, in the in you know to make it cool it, was, it just you kind of forget a little bit yeah or you i love hearing that
3: yeah, um, I I absolutely loved uh, Bumblebee, and I thought that was a really really good reset for the franchise. Um,
2: yeah, what, it's such what, a great movie. man. Yeah, it
3: is. What can uh, what can fans expect from this one um,
2: if they love that one? I think there was something beautiful that um, Hayley Steinfeld's character. I think the character's name was Charlie, right? So, uh, mm-hmm. But she, you know, she had this beautiful relationship with Bumblebee, like you know we really got to feel that relationship between them you know and um and obviously you know bumblebee's everyone's favorite right so we really got to explore bumblebee more and and uh you know there's something special about bumblebee where we see a lot of bumblebee's expression in the bumblebee's eyes you yeah. know and, and and there was just this heart and emotion that there was in that film that I actually talked to Steven about you know, when Steven asked me, he's like, yo, like, you know, why do you want to be a part of this franchise? Why do you want to be a part? He asked me that, like, straight up, like, yo, why do you want to be a part of this?
0: Mm.
2: I, I want to really bring the heart to these movies, man. Like, I want these movies to be more than just, like, not to say that this was what they were before, but, you know, I'm saying, like, with ours, I really want to take the heart that we saw in Bumblebee, mm. you know, that, like, that that intimate these intimate scenes between, you know, these beautiful, like moving scenes between Bumblebee and, 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 and Haley, you know, and, and take the, the sentiment of those scenes mixed in with the big ass visual effects and the crazy stuff that people expect when they see a Transformers movie, right? Along with all the new characters and the big war battles and just all the fucking fire VFX, you know, and, and combine those things, right? Like, You know, like, Bumblebee was very story-driven. There there weren't as many, like, crazy battles and things like that. And I was like, in our movie, you're going to see a lot of that shit. A lot of cool visual effects. I mean, you saw some in the trailer, even the last trailer. It was my first time seeing some of those sequences. Like, that sequence with, you know, Bumblebee coming flying down and the fucking thing going over (laughs) his face and shooting the the Transformers before they transform. And then, you know, Rhinox crash the camera following Rhinox as he's with Arcee on, on on top of Rhinox and Rhinox is thrashing through all these motherfuckers and then <laughs> Arcee jumps off, the camera follows Arcee and she gets in front of Wheeljack they start blasting these motherfuckers but it starts with the, um on Primal, like that mm. shot was cr- insane, when you yep. see Primal Primal bites the head off of this Transformer, the camera pans down to Rhinox like that shit, we're gonna get all that was like what I was dreaming in my mind, like yo crazy yeah. insane sequences like we're watching the craziest war movie between robots on top of that with the most beautiful like heartfelt scenes you know between the characters especially the human characters and the transformers we just want to care about the humans yeah yeah we really want to feel like we need them you know a lot of fans are like oh you know we really want a transformers movie without humans and i'm like we really want to show the fans like you can't have a transformers movie without Hmm. without the humans you know because because he's because it's called transformers it's not called transformers and humans yep 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 i mean yeah Uh, your enthusiasm has
3: me completely pumped for this movie and you've talked about stephen capable jr a few times now he's a really unexpected director for this one having come off sort of your more dramatic films like creed um and and stuff and I spoke to him recently, and he was like a kid in Candyland when it came to Rise of the Beast. Like, yeah. Can you d- describe what it's like to work with him? And do you have a really good rapport with him?
2: Oh, uh, that's my boy. That's my <laughs> brother. Like, we we you know we we created this special bond on this movie. You know, like we you know we were over six months in it. You know, we you know you. It's either you get close to somebody or you you like yo. I'm cool. If I don't ever work with this person again, mm. you know, and and went the other way. You know, I went. You know, it's it's um you know i have i have this like like wild respect for him like admiration you know like i look up to him you know kind of thing like just his work ethic and and um his focus and his attention to detail and um his care like yo really bro his care for for the work is it is is you it's unbelievable like i i just i feel it's unfortunate that people will never like so many people will never get to see how he made this movie. You know, yeah. you'll get to see behind the scenes, you'll get to hear interviews, but you know, you'll never get like I wish people got to see what I saw him. Yeah, doing. sure, sure. You know, like even in the editing room with him, like working with the team and like, yo, can we actually can that can that ball with spikes on it that's attached to a chain coming out of this trans? Can it? extend a little further actually as opposed to that feels a little short you know can you know if it extends a little further it'll have more impact or you know or or watching him like he's doing the choreography i'm like watching him as he's editing i'm just sitting there just you know spectator and he's like making sounds like like swoosh sounds with his mouth and shit and like like making the the kind of the shape of the the way he wants the sword to go up instead of across with his hand and like kind of showing these guys like i'm just like he's like yo can the sword go like down and over and across the arm as opposed to just through it you know like i'm like yo this guy is an animal bro like this dude is literally, this dude is like for real beast at his awesome. job being a director awesome. you know awesome
3: yeah. i would i would love to just chat with you for ages but i have been given the wrap-up so i do have to let you go but thanks so much for chatting with me mate it's um it's been a pleasure of
2: mine no thank you man i'm I'm excited i'm excited good luck with it all thanks brother
3: how are you dominic it's great to be chatting
9: i'm doing well how about you
3: very good, thanks. Hey, you're um you're kicking goals all over the place right now. Um you've been in some incredible titles, but nothing has been as big as the blockbuster of uh of Transformers. Did you find it overwhelming stepping into this franchise?
9: Uh no, I actually didn't find it overwhelming because I tend to approach every character the same way, which is I have to find what is their internal motivation and the thing that they care about and then I latch on to that. So, if I think if I think about external factors, then I might uh I might uh was word like uh trip myself up. I might overthink um yeah. instead of being present, which is really important. So, I didn't think about that it was a transformer movie or that the magnitude of of the world watching it. It was more so, how do I honor this character and if I honor this character, then I'll honor the story and then I'll honor the fans. That's how yeah. I approached it.
3: Well, that's, that's wise. Uh, but, I, I mean, at the same time, like it is, it must be a, an amazing feeling to land such a big movie. Um, can you can you recall the moment you got the gig? Like, what did you do to celebrate?
9: <laughs> well, I actually was on set filming The Last Days of Telling Grey with Sam Jackson when I officially got the news I was going to do it. So I, I had to kind of go back to set and, and be that other character, but I was just extremely excited, and I, I told all the crew members that, yeah. Have become my friends that were like waiting to hear if I got it or not and then uh but when I initially did my chemistry test with Anthony uh after the chemistry test I did a video journal where I was saying I think I really got it I think <laughs> I really did it like I gave I gave my all I was so excited like I, I was breathing so heavy I was like jumping up in the air and I, was, like, I really feel like I got it it would have sucked if I didn't but I really felt in my spirit that I got it so that's like the moment more than officially what i did after officially getting it, it was more so the feeling that i had after doing the chemistry test and feeling like wow i think i think i, I got it i think i'm really going to be the female lead of transformers yes
3: that's the stuff i love to hear did what was your, what was your whole knowledge of transformers before making the movie
9: um i had just seen this, the the first couple of them i knew there was a cartoon i didn't i never watched the cartoon i was simply in romances and wanting, and wanting to find the love of my life at, like, 12 and 15, so there was that. But, but uh, I watched the first one, and I and I was a huge Disney fan, so I watched even Stevens a lot, and I watched how, you know, so I became a star from doing Transformers, and I watched, and I was like, man, I want to do something like that. I always wanted to be an actor. So I said, I got to do something like, like Transformers, and I didn't imagine that it would actually be Transformers, so that's really is the cherry on top. Yeah. yeah,
3: absolutely. You know what? Up until this point, Bumblebee has been my favorite of all the movies and I'm really, really excited oh. to see, so excited to see how this story sort of unfolds in the 90s. Uh, what can we expect yeah. from Rise of the Beasts?
9: Oh, uh, well, definitely new characters that we haven't seen yet, not just in terms of the humans, but, you know, the Maximals and the Autobots and like different Autobots like Mirage. Mirage mm-hmm. such a cool, such a cool character. I also have a soft spot for Bumblebee um (laughs) the barrage (laughs) is also really cool and i think too like again we haven't seen brooklyn kids uh get put in scenarios where their their whole reality is shifted because the unthinkable happens Mm. like aliens or robots or cars turning into something else we we've seen it happen from different perspectives but never from this perspective and i'm excited to for the world to see it from these these two kids uh from brooklyn
3: Oh, I'm really excited too. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you is that Michael Bay is the godfather of the Transformers franchise. Did you get a chance to meet him?
9: Oh yeah, he came to visit us in Peru. We oh amazing. And we got, yeah, we got had dinner, we got to talk, he came to set a couple of the days and it was really nice.
3: Yeah. Um what's he like? Is he like did he have much input on the film or was he more there as a casual observer just to make sure it was all going going well?
9: I don't know. I don't know what him and Stephen, you know, Stephen Cable Jr. I don't know what they talked about in private. But with us, it was, he was just observing. He was very celebratory that we got to to um, put our take on it.
3: Yeah, cool, cool. I um I recently yeah. I recently spoke with Anthony and Stephen and Lorenzo, um, and they nice. told me that that filming in Machu Picchu was the biggest highlight for them. What was your highlight making this one?
9: Uh, biggest highlight. I mean, I like there's so. There's so many but i guess my biggest highlight is uh An- anthony and i we we knew each other before we did transformers um and we used to meet up in brooklyn cafes and say okay what are we going to do together like it has to be epic even if we have to write it ourselves we never imagined that we would get to meet these characters in transformers so every time i think about that that really blows my mind yes of course macho petro and, and it was so beautiful and we're like among the, the only actors to really get to act on sacred land like that. And that is something to be celebrated and cherished for the rest of my life. And it's also the fact that him and I talked about doing something epic. And I don't know what gets more epic than doing transformers.
3: I know. Like, where do you go from there? You've, like, you've, you've literally hit the peak. That's, it's amazing that you two <laughs> have uh, got to do this together. Yeah. So your career began on the stage, and you've since worked in a lot of independent films and a lot of television. What do you think is the most fundamental difference between making those type of projects and then something as big and colossal as this?
9: Uh, the fundamental difference. I feel. I honestly feel like Transformers and doing something like Transformers is more. Is closer to being on stage than doing an indie. You know. It depends on obviously the the con the concept and the director's eye, but I say that to say, you know, there's obviously there's no robots there. You, mm. you everything is imagination. You really have to use your you, use your imagination, and that's the same with theater. A lot of times when you're in in school, the teacher gives you a monologue, and you have to create the world by how you speak the lines. You have to see things that aren't there, and and the audience has to watch your eyes and believe that you're witnessing or talking to somebody right in front of you that they know isn't there when you're doing a monologue. And so it's really about the imagination and that's similar to being on set with a green screen or being in Peru. And like, they're saying, okay, here's prime and here's, here's a air razor. And now I'm emoting to something that isn't there. And I'm, I'm talking to something that isn't there. And I feel like that's real closer to a stage than maybe an indie film that's a really
3: that's, that's a really good take on it. I love that. I love that. I never thought of yeah. it that way. Yeah. Um, before I I let you run, I just want to ask. Um, like the movie is about to be released to the world, and are you prepared for all of the craziness that's about to hit you? There's going to be so many junkets and appearances, <laughs> and the fandom is crazy and nuts. Are you ready for it?
9: Uh, you know, I I, I believe that I am. I think there's certain things that you you can't be prepared for if you never experienced it, and there's. I mean, there's very few actors or people in the world who have experienced something to this magnitude. Even there was sometimes in Peru when Anthony and I are running through the, the jungle like uh, 110 degrees weather, and we look over at each other, and I realize, like, there's no other person in the world who can say they know exactly what it feels like to do this thing right now but him, yeah. like I share it with another person. So I, I think, like... I don't I have no idea what it's gonna be like people keep asking me that and I think I'm ready I don't know (laughs) but I'm excited I feel like um you know I've wanted to be an actor since I was a kid I was watching it and I think the way I watched it and the dreams that I wanted to reach I knew that they required that level like the 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 things that I saw for myself meant that my life would change in a similar way to doing something like Transformers I think I've spiritually and mentally always kind of prepared myself for something like it.
3: Yeah. Well, Um, and
9: so, but when it happens, we'll see. I have to let you know.
3: (laughs) You've uh, certainly deserved whatever good stuff comes your way. Hey, it's been an absolute pleasure to be chatting with you. Congrats on the movie. I can't wait to see it. And um, yeah, good luck.
9: Thank you so, so much. It was great talking to you too. I'm
10: ready about the rain. Welcome to Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. That's been Chad Jennings.
8: We're sorry. We're Bonehead Weekly in the rain.
10: Yeah, yeah. Literally, you can
8: take anything and just add, in the rain, and you have an 80s love song.
10: Millie Vanilli did it, because they (laughs) blamed it on the rain, bitches. So what (laughs) we're going to do today is talk about movies that take place on desert islands. Desert island pictures. Now, I wanted to do Robinson Crusoe on Mars. But I realize, technically not a desert island. No, nope, that's a planet. It's a desert planet. I mean, I would give it to you. But the that's other thing okay. is, it's, it's not really a desert planet because he's there's other people on the planet. I know the whole thing's bullshit. But let's talk about Castaway. One of my favorite <laughs> movies and something I've talked about several times on here because Did... Robert Zemeckis is a genius. Castaway, James, we need to keep a tally. I think
8: Castaway has replaced Children of Men. I'm just saying... I'm just I didn't going to want assume... to use
10: it, Chad, beforehand, but it really is my favorite Desert Island film. I don't care that much about the robertson Crusoe family. I don't care that much about the Swiss family Robinson Crusoe family. I don't hey, care hey. about Madonna getting swept away that much. I don't oh, see, that's what I was going to say. Joe, You're or blue mean, or green or what? don't listen to them all. Don't listen to them that all. Was, that's was, what I was, was going to say. I was going to pick you, those. you ruined I, it. I was going to bribe uh, Glenn to
8: replace cast with swept so it sounds like you love Madonna.
10: Now, who's next? Yes. It brought James, it brought her and Guy Ritchie together. We've only got five minutes.
8: James! Uh, You know what? I'm, I'm going to go with something uh
3: that I think is a classic, and if you don't like it, screw you. It's uh The Lord of the Flies.
10: Yeah.
8: Oh, man, that movie's it's so the, God-depressing. <laughs> which one, I was going to go,
10: now, Chad, I hope I'm not stepping on your toes. My backup was The Island of Dr. Moreau, but I think Lord of the Flies wins out. Well, yeah, because Lord yeah. of the Flies is so depressing. Yeah. Kids are awful. Yeah. Yeah. Lord so, of the Flies. It's it's an island. And boy, things happen there. Yeah. Chad. Don't get Piggy. fond
8: of Piggy. Go, go, Piggy. Go. <laughs> so you both brought up two classics. And I want to bring up yet another classic of a of a desert island movie. Uh, and this actually is what happens if you're put on a desert island. And you're being hunted by a neo-Nazi. I'm talking about John Leguizamo's The Pest. Oh.
10: <laughs> That's also not the first time that this has came up.
8: <laughs> it's not as much as Castaway or Children of Men.
10: Have you seen Castaway? It's amazing. Have you yeah, seen The Pest? As good as Children have, of Men. Have you yeah, seen The Pest?
8: Right. <laughs> John Leguizamo at Tim Tom Hanks any day of the week in The Pest.
10: No, no. <laughs> I just don't know what it is about John Leguizamo. I yeah like honestly in some things.
8: I genuinely love John Leguizamo. I love anything he's in, and this really shows his talent to no end, both comedic talent and everything. I just love John Leguizamo. So when I thought about Desert Island movies, he gets taken to a desert island where, of course, this man lives and he hunts for sport. So I had to bring
10: up John Leguizamo's the pest. This has been Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. Tune in next week where I work in Castaway, and Chad somehow brings up the pest, the pest, and don't forget. James's favorite author, Hunter Thompson.
3: Chad is pretty much on the money there, I think. Fuck it o but you know what? I gotta say you though, Wilson. However, John Leguizamo, like he's become Hollywood's number one fuck whip. Like, ain't got a lot of time for that guy. Really? Everything now is about diversity for him, and he doesn't he refuses to watch the new Mario movie because there's no Latinos in there. It's like they're Italian. And you played one of them and it doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. He's making a big song and dance about it. I love the guy up until recently.
4: I hope he's just being funny. He's not. He's right. not. It's like you know when you like. It's like Rob Schneider. <laughs> you don't really want to pay too much <laughs> attention to them in real life. Like he's the best thing in John Wick, <laughs> and he's only in the first one. He See, doesn't even get killed, but he's only in. I
3: don't remember him in that.
4: He is the guy at the chop shop at the start that punches uh, Alfie Allen in the face. <laughs> oh, hang
3: on, no, we're talking about John Leguizamo. Or Rob yeah, Schneider. John Leguizamo. Okay, I going to say I don't remember Rob Schneider. in No, John Rob Schneider
4: is <laughs> not in John Wick. <laughs> No. He hasn't quite. Uh, he's no Tom Arnold. I'm on the same on the same page now. But you're yeah, yeah. the pest. The pest. That's the great. pest. Yes,
3: I like to. <laughs> <laughs> the best. It's the best. Um, thank you, boneheads. Love me a good deserted island film. Do you say desert island or deserted island?
4: Uh, well, if it's a, if it's a desert island, then yeah. it's a desert island. But yeah. if it's an island that's not a desert, it's But that's deserted. Then it's a deserted island. Well,
3: if you look up the the definition on the in the dictionary, which I did, it's the same thing. Desert island, deserted island is the same. It's just a different way of saying it. Because I have, I was of that opinion too that a desert island was a desert it should be island. A de- it's
4: like the 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 real, like the typical kind of one in illustrations where it's just a bunch of sand and yeah. one uh, yeah, exactly. palm tree, exactly, with I mean, a couple of coconuts.
3: I mean, I would prefer a deserted and island that's that, with uh, that... <laughs> lots of cupcakes and <laughs> yeah, chocolate de- yeah, trees. I mean. But
4: if you heard that, there is that joke which I'm going, I'm now going to tell you and massacre about um, <laughs> yeah. there's the, the uh, this uh, this guy and Cindy Crawford get trapped on a desert island together, and you know, after a couple a couple of weeks, she's like, you know, well, maybe we should, uh, you know, I'm a bit itchy. Let's get together, and he's like, all right, and so he's yeah, you know, he's having sex with Cindy Crawford, and this is great. Um, and you know, but then as the weeks go past, he starts getting more and more despondent, and she's like, and not really that interested in having sex with her anymore. She's like, well, you know, is there anything I can do? Like what? What you know? What can I do? Like you know, it's obviously something's wrong. And she and he's like, look, you know, would you mind you know putting on my shirt, like wearing my shirt? And she's like, sure. And she's like, uh, would you mind uh, wearing my hat and tucking your hair up into it? And she's like, uh, okay, sure, I'll do that. And then he's like, and what if I if would you mind if I pick up, rub this dirt into your face to make it look a bit like stubble? And she's like, this is getting weird, but <laughs> if it's what it's going to take, then okay, I'll do it. And then she's like, and. You, do you mind if I call you Bill? And she's like, okay, call me Bill. And he's like, Bill, Bill, you'll never guess who I'm fucking.
5: <laughs>
6: <laughs>
5: I thought it was Cindy Lauper at the start. And I was, like, oh, I think it I was works, thinking it was going to be like, Cindy and then Rupert. they started
3: singing. like. Yeah. <laughs> Cindy Lauper's good enough. It works, yeah. It works oh, with yeah? It Oh, yeah, oh, God.
5: With...
4: For me, it would work with any woman. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Clamshell, <laughs> work. <Yeah>. Oh, damn. <laughs> I've, done, I've done the same
4: thing to a flashlight. Don't worry, <laughs>
3: <laughs> do you call it Bill? <laughs> yeah, I call, it, call it Bill. The <laughs> <fleshlight>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have a coffee fit. <coughs> wow, okay. I don't know how to transition now. We're gonna do some recommendations. <laughs> um and look this week i do want to pay some kind of tribute to julian sands because yes. obviously they just they just um announced that it you know confirmed that it was his body they found up in those california mountains five months after he went missing so that's very sad mm. i was almost going to do arachnophobia that's like a that and armageddon like warlock armageddon are my go-to mm. julian sands movies but i decided to go with something a bit more obscure
4: a almost, room did, with a view.
3: almost did Blood and Bone, <laughs> which is one he did with Michael well, Jai White. I can,
4: I can, I can do Blood and Bone. Why don't
3: you? Uh, he did the Medallion with Jackie Chan as well. Like he's he's been in some good stuff. I actually found a movie not too long ago. Never watched it, and I thought, well, this is the perfect opportunity. So I went and caught it. 1996, The Tomorrow Man. Have you heard of this? Because this caught me by surprise. It is actually bit, but- it's almost buddy. It's almost like a buddy movie, but it's him and Giancarlo Esposito. Nineteen ninety six. What a what a pairing! What a pairing! And this is essentially the, the, the,
4: a duo made for a video game,
3: mate. A duo made for a, a tally movie
4: <laughs> or a or a post apocalyptic TV series. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Well, this is a. It almost plays like a by the numbers family friendly version of Warlock because it's more or less the same story. So he plays um, a robot that comes from the future into the present to prevent the end of the world. Right. But he plays this robot as if he's the warlock, you know, walking down the road by himself, you know, stopping <laughs> yeah. cars, all that kind of stuff. Um, instead of having Cassandra with a K, you've got Giancarlo Esposito as his sidekick. Instead of Redfern chasing him, you've got the government chasing him. But it is him in warlock mode. Like he, yeah, he's not really a robot. He's like a witch. Um, really, really, really interesting, fun movie though. His dialogue's fantastic. He had just come off leaving Las Vegas and Paul Schrader's Witch Hunt at the time. And he was just in that mode. Everything he was doing around then, aside from leaving Las Vegas, was very much cashing in on the warlock image. Yeah, remember he did that Tales of the I've just got my hands on Witch Hunt again. Oh really? Looking to watching that. Oh yeah, I mean, that's I didn't,
4: I didn't realize he was in. It. And it's Dennis Hopper yep. and uh, Penelope Ann Miller. I think. It
3: went straight to the top of my list when I saw that as well. I haven't seen it either. I've um, seen it. I just haven't seen it in years. It's because okay. it was
4: the. It was the, those two H.P. Lovecraft based HBO movies God, Yes, yes Cast yes. a deadly Spell with Fred Ward and Witch Hunt with Dennis Hopper and yes. they both had the Witch Hunt one had a really odd picture of I think it's Penelope and Miller or it's some redhead on the cover with it. but they'd done it with like a fish eye Yeah kind of, So it looked really it was like a really odd Yes cover on the on the
3: videotape And, and for people that
4: don't know uh,
3: Giancarlo Esposito he is the, the bad guy from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul like that's just to give some context there yeah
4: and he's, uh, he's also the main guy in Far Cry he's the villain in Far Cry exactly. 5 or 6 or whatever that they were advertising on TV
3: and up time. until this point like he'd been in dozens upon dozens of movies but never never a st- like a, a main yeah. name that people would recognise like do the right thing and, and he's, he's smoke in, and the usual suspects
4: He's in and Fresh was his the first that's big right. one that yes. I saw him in was, yes. he was the gangster in Fresh yep. but he he plays the basically the Tim Patton uh, character in that um, yeah, there's that TV series with uh, is it Rick no, it's not Rick Springfield I can't remember the, the name of the main guy but the the, the gist of the TV series is that um, they drop a pinch bomb on the world and so there's no power yep. And then it's America basically goes back to the every man for of, themselves. Yeah, yeah. And he's like one of the kind of he's a colonel in like a warlord. Yep. who's a, an ex military guy has. You know, he's like a colonel in his militia. Yep. But he used to be a, he was a photocopy repair man in the real world, <laughs> and that was the thing that was Tim 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 Patton in the Postman. Yep. Who's the warlord in that? Before he became the warlord, he gotcha. was a, he was a photocopy repair man in the real world.
3: Yeah, I need to go through this guy's career and the sort of. Backtrack, go down that rabbit hole. He's
4: also in Twilight, the Paul Newman movie. He's great Man, in that too.
3: awesome. Well, the movie was directed by a guy called Bill um, D'Alea, who was a TV director mostly. But he made a movie that you might know from 1989 called The Feud. Do you remember that? Or, um, actually no, the, and the other one was the writer of this movie made Hexed, which is the one I remembered with um, um, Ari Gross. 1993. I do remember Hex, yeah. yeah. great poster, and that, yeah. another one. I, I go down these rabbit holes and I discover movies I'd forgotten about, and they go straight to the top of my list. They, I mean, they may Ar- be future recommendations.
4: Yeah. Ari Gross is a really interesting, yes. like, he's got an interesting kind of catalogue. Was wasn't you, he in
3: Minority Report? Was he the, the husband at the he's start? He's the husband, yeah, yeah at the yeah. start.
4: But I always thought that his. He's every time I think of him, I think of him as as the guy who played Cousin Larry in, in uh, <laughs> Perfect, Strangers. Perfect Strangers. But it's not <laughs> yeah. him, and I always yeah. think they're always com- competing for the same role.
3: Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Oh, yes. Uh, anyway, look, th- this is called the Tomorrow the, Man. Is he the roommate and Soul Man? Yes, because he <laughs> he used to have. Like, used to wear like a baseball cap and have like a bit of a mullet kind of. Thing. Yeah. Or was he? Because there's a couple of Ari Gross types. Because I'm not sure if it's because there's, there's another movie with... It's not, it's not. There's it's... another
4: movie with Patrick Dempsey and Helen Slater where it's a similar thing. Yep. But oh. I'm sure he's the roommate in Soul Man. He is, he is. I yeah, just looked is. it up. Yep.
3: Yeah, far out. There's another movie. Jesus, yeah, just add it to my <laughs> list here, mate. I can't recommend <laughs> that one though. People will go me. <laughs> <laughs> No, so anyway. James Earl Jones says it's okay. And it is. It is. It's a fun movie. So The Tomorrow Man, it's on YouTube. It's easy to come by. Very underrated uh, performance for Julian Sands. Heaps of fun. Check it out. Ben, your turn. Uh, Well, I, I mean, I could talk about Blood and Bone just <laughs> to keep it on the Julian Sands thing. <laughs> so why
4: not? Blood and Bone is a fantastic <laughs> film. It is. It was released by, I think, I think by Eagle here. It might have been. Because uh, it used to be on the wall at Griffin Entertainment. They had the poster of it.
3: Yep. Basically. It's a typical DTV type of poster. Yeah. Yeah.
4: It's a Michael J. White, it's it's a Michael J. White film, and he he's essentially a he's a guy called Bone who, while he's in prison, this guy helps him out when he's trying when the, like a bunch of prisoners are, are, are going to shank him in the in the <laughs> toilet, <laughs> yeah. Um, and he kind of lets Bone know, and because Bone's like a martial arts expert and kicks the crap out of them, yeah. But he's grateful for the warning, but then this guy and this guy. Basically, because he he tipped off bone, he gets shanked himself and like his dying wishes, you know, when you look after my, you know, check in on my wife, make sure she's okay. And when he gets out, he goes to try and track down the wife and the wife has become like a drug addicted um, girlfriend of... I can't remember the guy's name, but he was he was in the Bill. Mm. He's a British guy, <laughs> yeah. but he's playing an American in this. <laughs> he's, he's in the Bill, and now he's in Chica- he's like the fire chief in um, Chicago Fire. Yep. Um, and he's got a he runs around with a giant samurai sword, but basically he is like this kind of underworld drug dealer kind of figure who's got uh, you know that uh, you know that huge guy who's in all of the Adam Sandler movies. He's in um, Longest Yard. Who does it? I love Little Mikey. <laughs> that that guy, he's Bob Sap. Yeah. Bob Sap, who's like famous. He's an MMA fighter who Yes. Who always looked tougher than he, he was. He always He you kinda
1: know, looks
3: like a Tracy Morgan type. Yeah, yeah. but
4: but a big muscly version yeah. of yeah. it. Yeah. So he's he runs this street fighter, so Bone uh kind of gets a competing fight manager to take him on and it's like, like kind of street fighter he has to build himself up to be able to fight Bob Sap. Yeah. And, of course, he does, and then that's when Julian Sands comes in. Julian Sands is actually, like, the legitimate kind of crooked, you know, multimillionaire. millionaire He's that, like a um, mobster almost, isn't he? That, I think it's yeah. Eamon Holmes. That's the guy's name. The, the, yep. yep. The Eamon Holmes is kind of trying to get in with and trying to become. He's trying to, you know, uh, get past his street criminal activities and become, like, a white-collar coll- criminal. <laughs> and, uh, you know... It, and it's basically, so it's just a se- a sequence of kick-ass martial arts fight scenes, like street fights. Gina Carano pops up oh, for everyone's a bit favorite, as yeah. like, um, mm-hmm. and, like her bit is great because like the guy that he, he chooses to be his manager, when they're kind of first, when he's first kind of hiring him, he's like, uh they're watching the other fights and th- then it's like, you know, oh, no, I see that girl there. She's really hot. Yeah, I used to, I used to date her and then she has the fight with Jenna Carano and Jenna Carano like beats her face in and he's like, <laughs> and Michael J. Walsall, she's not hot anymore. It's, like, oh.
3: it's a great <laughs> bit. It's directed by that guy that made uh, Love and a Bullet. Remember that movie and it was like the I lead do actor remember was like Love and a Bullet. Treach, like the, that was yeah. the actor's name, Treach.
4: Not as good as Love and a 45 <laughs> with uh, oh, Rory Cochrane was in with that. With Rory Cochran oh, geez, and yeah. uh, Gil Bellows Renee and Zellweger. Uh, Renee Zellweger.
3: That was a banger. I was scared of that movie when it came out.
4: That was a, that was a long. That was in the long kind of line of Pulp Fiction, Natural Killers type kind of, of yeah, yeah <laughs> offshoots.
3: Awesome, Melzi, over to you. As you, okay, sip your drink. I was just about to take another sip of my drink. <laughs> yeah. I will just do that first. You thought you thought <laughs> I
4: had another twenty minutes in me, but you were wrong.
5: Hmm. I know. I was settling in for the long haul. But um, but uh, speaking of the long haul, I've actually got two to recommend. <laughs> a two parter. So um, over the last couple of years, I've been doing re-watches of franchises. And um, so I've done, I did. I think I started off with Halloween and then I went to Nightmare on Elm Street. And then I've just, um, well, I'm actually, I, I've stalled on the remake of um, Friday the 13th, but I will get there eventually. But while I've been waiting, so I'm doing bother? that with somebody else. who <laughs> We don't have much time to watch movies. So I'm kind of like, I'm like, all right, I can't fucking wait any longer. I need to start on the next one. So I have always been a massive fan of Chucky and Child's Play and everything. And I, as you already know, I think on my first episode, 18 months ago, I think I actually spoke about my love for the Chucky series. I think at that stage, it was only the first season.
4: I feel like um, if you follow you on social media, there's always (laughs) Child's Play.
5: Like the Child's Play TV series was always... Yeah, and especially when the series is on, I I can't not. Like it's pretty much a daily thing. Like I fucking love it. But anyway, it's a good show. surprisingly, even though I love it so much, there are a couple of the later films that I haven't seen. And so I've been meaning to go back and start from the start again and um and watch them all. And so like most like many, many people, and especially of my age, um I saw the first child's play at a friend's birthday party like in yeah. grade six and um and there were you know 12 or 15 girls like having a sleepover and I remember watching it and everybody else being fucking petrified and I was like you know scared as well but also just yeah loving it and um and so I don't know how many times I saw it over the years but I did re I did um see the first one again at uh, one of the aster halloween overnighters sure and um child's play has one of those moments where i've talked about my entire life where i'm like oh my god it has the scariest moment because people go oh fucking you know how scary can it be and i'm like no it is so is it, scary is this
3: your scary moment my scary moment what what moment is it probably not <laughs> okay <laughs>
5: not because it doesn't really exist like it kind of exists but I've totally talked it up over the years and I was obviously tired enough or uh, you know underslept enough at the Halloween thing that um that I was like oh yeah it totally happens but when I watched the other night I'm like that does not really 100% happen. but so it's when um it's when Andy when when the mum kisses Andy and Chucky goodnight and and then and andy's been trying to say no 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 like he's talking this is my, and... this is
3: my scary moment when Chucky speaks for the first time
5: <laughs> oh no mine is oh. when mine is when and then she goes and like so she leaves and you know and he's not saying anything and he just speaks like he's meant to you know oh, hi i'm Chucky. i'm your friend at the end and then she's like, and she lingers at the door and, um, and there is a shot, like the shot actually does exist. It's like because I used to be like, and then you can see and like Chucky's like watching her shadow at the door to make sure like she leaves before because he keeps the the ruse up like while and he can see that she's still at the door and then she like walks away from the door and he's like <laughs> but that that part of it doesn't exist like the first part of it does but he doesn't it, it's just like she, she leaves and then I think it just like it just goes to the next scene I'm like mm
3: okay no my favorite part is when he goes you fucking bitch and you know he's coming oh, to that life yeah. is
5: the, that is the actual best scene yeah, that yeah. when she when she checks to see if he's got batteries and he doesn't yeah. have batteries in the back and then he fucking like that is the actual best scene in the yeah, film i agree but anyway so back to i will <laughs> i'm going to talk about um uh, the original child's place i so released in 1988 um this is one of those films that had like a fucking like insanely difficult production and um uh, many many people's thing is it fingers in the pie or something what's that saying
3: it's a ben's dream night that one yeah i fingered a pie. <laughs> <In> many <laughs> i
4: finger a pie
5: <laughs> yes yes so don mancini is too many, the cooks, in the too many cooks in the
4: kitchen <laughs>
5: yeah uh tom holland directed a um child's play and um the and mum
4: from seventh heaven is <laughs> the uh, is the mum. <laughs> yes, she's yes, she's exactly. also she's also the woman that helps uh, William Shatner and Spock uh, save the whales. <laughs> yeah.
3: in Star Trek uh, <laughs> five or whatever. no
5: number
3: three, I think. Or oh, four. Four. And Chris yeah, Sarandon
5: yeah. plays the the cop in it, and of course Tom Holland and Chris Sarandon worked together in um, Fright Night, and um, and so I only found out recently that the original, like the actual Tom Holland cut of Child's Play, is like three hours long. Wow! Whoa.
4: I'd like to see. Yeah. that's a lot and, of children playing. Um, like
5: <laughs> bizarrely, it didn't test well. <laughs> so, <laughs> and he said, and he said, if it doesn't test well, then I Give over all responsibility, also, and no, it goes
3: back to no killer child doll movie should be three hours long. No,
5: well, that's the thing, and that's exactly right. It it's why not just do it of... like
4: Superman and just split it, make it two movies.
5: <laughs> Child's play one and two. But and it, it just definitely doesn't like it. Shouldn't be long. Like it is. It's a quick, I think yeah. it's, it's not, it's like seven, only just over seven, uh 80 minutes, well, I think. It's, before very, it's
3: very Hitchcockian in many ways. And that was always the, the mantra of Hitchcock, never go longer than what a human. Yes. Can, yes.
5: Can and hold. there's a lot of things that are left unexplained, you know, but that's how it should be. Like yeah. we shouldn't be lingering on these things. And also like, you, oh, well, anyway, so I'll get, before I say more about that, like Alex Vincent as the kid, like he, yeah. it's fucking incredible. A child actor, like.
3: I'm sure they. I'm sure they scared the shit out of him on set, just like to make him react. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, he seems very um, well adjusted. Yes, Um, totally. He's
3: a convention king now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's turned into into one
5: of those in the series as well. Um, obviously, Brad Dourif. Um, this is the one that you see him as Charles Lee Ray at the start of it, and um, I mean, he is Chucky. Like there is. I haven't seen the remake with Mark yeah. Hamill as yeah. Chucky, so, yeah. or whatever, the AI, whatever, whatever. I will see. I will get to that. So I'll yeah. talk about that, you know, whenever in a couple of months. But, um, but I mean, you know, we all know, like, he is absolutely the only fucking mis- incredible. And you know what's so great about it? It's so fucking dumb. Like, he, he, everything <laughs> he sees, like, he, it's not smart. Like he's fucking stupid. Like the way that he's acting. Like, you, you fucking bitch. Like he doesn't say anything that is like you know witty or. And that's the difference between like he's a wise cracking and everything. But he's it's so just like. Just, you know, down and dirty, like you whore, like blah, blah, or, blah, you know, like he, it, nothing smart about just, it. No, it's just the, the, like the,
3: the power of it is putting those words into a child's doll's mouth. That's what. But
4: he's also like a pretty low rent criminal, yeah, isn't he? Like, um, he is. yes,
5: yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, and and he doesn't, he no genius. never strays no. from that. Like, he never, his character never strays from that. Like, yeah. he just is who he is. And, um, yeah, it's so good. But everybody in it is fucking like taking it seriously. Yes. Like that's one of the best things about it. Like everybody is committed. Like, like the, the, po- the police committed. procedural
3: stuff is great. Like yeah. it's, it's played like a noir, you know? And,
5: and this is another thing with them not lingering on it as well. Like every child's play, like every child's play is just like, okay, at the end, bang, cut. It's the end because it's just like, nobody's going to believe anybody. Like, you're actually, even though you make it out of life, you're fucked. Like, your <laughs> yeah. life is over. And, okay, so then I'm going to go on to Child's Play 2.
3: Which is it's one of the I... best sequels of all time.
5: It is... So freaking good. Like, so you've got the characters of the first one who you just you really love. Like, you absolutely love. You spend a lot of time with them. And so the the mum, Catherine Hicks, who plays the mum, like she's a single mum. She's struggling. She gets this toy from like a back alley guy, and um, because she doesn't have the money to um, buy Andy the the um, good guy doll that he wants. And um, and and it's just you believe all of it, and you feel for yeah. them. Yep. And then so you come into the second one. So she's now in a mental institution or whatever. And he has gone. So Andy's now gone into the foster care system. And so he goes um to a foster family. And this one, and this is where, you know, you get the sequel thing of where we up the kills, yep. we up and we don't spend as much time with Oh, we barely spend any time with like the family that he's with or anything. So the mum that he goes to is um what's her name from um from Jenny uh, werewolf. Jenny uh, like, Jenny yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So she plays the mum and then the, the dad's like a super well known actor as well or like, you know, character actor yeah. as well. But um Kyle is so Andy's oh, I think Gray. like eight. Gary Gray. Yeah. <laughs> So um, Andy's like eight at this stage, I think, and then Christina Lee plays Kyle, which she's like seventeen. She's almost out of the system, and she fucking. So she looks like in Beverly Hills, um, nine hundred two one zero and stuff like that, and she is fucking cool as shit. Like, and and so she takes Andy under her wing and you know saves him a couple of times, and um, you know the the parents are disposed of, disposed of, and and yeah. it ends up. Uh, like the the set piece of like the of the finale, which is like almost half the movie, because again yeah. we're running at like an eighty minute, like eighty minutes plus credits. It is <laughs> unbelievable. Like it is so freaking good. Like you got um, it's in a warehouse where all of these chucky dolls are being made, or like, good guy dolls it's are being toy made. Toy factory, yeah. Toy sounds factory, like a, and yeah, um, like a and doll they're
4: man using <laughs> or sorry, demonic toys. Yeah, demonic yeah, totally. toys movie.
5: There's one part where, um, you know, Chucky ends up coming out of like the machine with like arms and legs coming from here and there, and he's melted and he's this and that, but it keeps going. And, um, and then yeah, right, oh, I probably shouldn't give away the ending, but um, but anyway, what I'm saying is, fucking. Child's Play. One and two. <laughs> I'll update you on three. I'm probably not going to be as positive, potentially. but oh, um, num-
3: Number three is a different thing, but it, it's got its place. Yeah, it, that's you know, all right. Number three, no, yeah, three. I think, I think might That was be the like first one I saw. Military Academy. Military yeah, Academy. Yeah, yeah.
5: yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I know that I saw that. I don't really have a memory of two, but I definitely have a memory of three. Um, yeah, number three. So I don't number know, three is the
3: controversial one. Yeah. yeah. So, kid so kid I, yeah, I've seen, I've,
5: I saw them all, you know, many years ago and all in a. I'm not sure with, like what order I saw everything in and when I saw it and so but now I'm like okay getting to go. the worst thing is so um so Charles the first one um I'm like sweet it's on prime hit some people up I.E my dad <laughs> and um got in, and I'm like sweet they're all on prime oh it's only the first one that you don't have to pay for and then you have <laughs> to pay for the rest of them but anyway I hired it on drunk. like <laughs> I, yeah exactly and I did feel bad so I was just like now nah, I'll hire it myself so I hired the second one on YouTube yeah. um but my god the I don't know whether so the second one I that I hired I hired it in HD Jesus it looks beautiful so but the first one that I watched for free on Prime was very grainy so I'm yeah. not sure yeah, yeah.
2: well cool but the,
5: like... that's a whole thing with like um the first one was made by MGM And then uh, United Artists bought MGM and didn't want any horror or anything. So, then it went to Universal uh, for pretty much for nothing. So, that's a whole thing with there's not that many. I think there's one box set out there, but it's got like no um, special features or anything. So, that's one of those like right. Didn't
3: we have a real box set here? Was it real that put it out? Yeah, maybe. And it was a mixture of the distributors. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Awesome stuff, Melzi. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Highly yeah. Endorse, highly endorse. <laughs> and thank you for taking us into the end of the show. That is that is it for another week. Uh, that was fun. Um, thanks, Melzi. What's that website as you take a uh, Melbourne Horror. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh, my OnlyFans so you... or? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. Um, uh, no,
3: melbournehorrorfilmsociety.org. Excellent. Check it out, everybody. Get along to some screenings. Ben, I feel like peace is restored in the universe, mate. It's good to have you back. Thank you very much. It's good to be back. Very good to have you back. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Nice, chunky episode this week. Uh, Please join us on socials, like, comment, share, all of that stuff. Yeah, definitely leave us a comment on your way out. That'll be good. Nobody does. <laughs> Do, it. I feel, I Do feel I feel Lonely. Anyway, I'm you <laughs> how controversial we are sometimes. I don't know, so yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just Not as well. Sure. Yeah, I know. There, there's. A whole I con- turn up
5: there like I never want to think about that ever again. It's a whole
3: conversation we have between taxi that we could have uh, put into the show. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna leave us with a song from the 1985 uh, Transformers movie. This is Stan Bush. Good old Stan <gasps> Bush. Stan Bush. With Dare. Uh, have a good week, everyone. See you next one
0: When your hopes have all been shattered, there's no way to turn. You wonder how you keep going. Think of all the things that really matter, in the chances.